guys. Welcome to Insight. I am Gino, your host. Welcome to another Wednesday night edition of Insight Live. I have my co-host who, I don't know, did he just disappear? Or... He just walked away. <laughs> there he is. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I thought I was flying solo for a second. We have Matt Van No, Reaver. I did disappear. <laughs> How you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm back. Sorry. He's, he's back. He, he was a little under the weather, but Miko prayed for him, and uh, we're believing that that thing will go away before the show <laughs> yeah. ends tonight. Um, and, of course, we have our returning guest. Miko, I think this is your fourth appearance on Insight. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so welcome yeah. back. We always look forward to having having her back with She has so much, and no pun intended, so much insight um, into <laughs> <laughs> the uh, demonic realm and how it operates and uh, what we're up against as believers daily. And um, looking forward to teaching tonight. And, uh, Miko, how have you been? I've been doing well. I have been overcoming through faith, so... What we're going to be talking about tonight. <laughs> Boy, 2022. If this isn't a year of overcoming, I don't know what is. This has been like, I don't even know how to describe it. It is just bizarre. There's you know, so many yeah. bizarre things. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. So many strange. attacks. So Lots yeah. of attacks for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, every, it seems like everybody I speak to, especially believers, but even non-believers, it, it's the same for everybody. Like the, the demonic realm has just ramped it up. And yeah. it is just firing on all cylinders right now. And if you don't know how to fight spiritually, like it, you're up against it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's going to be a doozy for those who aren't ready. And hmm. faith is definitely a very important piece of that because um, we have to live by faith. And a lot of times when you talk to people, they don't understand faith. So you won't be able to effectively fight the enemy, receive any promises from God or do anything if you don't understand faith. So, and I found that to be a really big um, thing that has truly helped me to be an overcomer in my life. Because again, the attacks have definitely been heavy this year. Isn't it? It's so weird. Like, I mean, I've had bad years, you know, I've had, but this year is just like, I don't know. It's, it's like a new level of bad. I had a really cool thing happen the other night. <clears throat> I had prayed. Uh, the Lord's been showing me just, He's been showing me something's coming for me and my family soon. He's been showing me this for about a year and a half. And he, there's a particular state that he show. He doesn't show me the state, but he shows me people that represent that state. And it's mm-hmm. and he's given me the same state probably seven or eight times now. And so before I went to bed the other night, <clears throat> I was feeling pretty down. And I said, Lord, I just need a reassuring word from you. I need whatever's on your heart. I'm not going to ask for anything. You just, you know what I need more than I do. So I'm going to lay, lay it on you. And when I do that, he just, it's amazing. The next morning, um, my wife had gone to work and it was like, it was 6.58 or no, I'm sorry, 5.58. I think, it was, yeah, 5.58. She had to be at work at by six and she texted me about something and I was kind of mad because it woke me up, but it woke me up right at the end of this dream. It was like perfect timing. God had it all planned out. And the dream was that particular state again. And he was showing me that, I'm not going to tell the whole dream because it would take too long, but he was basically showing me. I'm don't be premature in your celebration because that is coming and there's only it's getting very close. Like he was showing me like the time frame was very, very close, almost imminent, <clears throat> which, you know, I made me feel so good when I woke up. I was so joyous, you know, just full of his joy and just peace. So I needed that. And he knew that more than I did. So, you know, that's when we lean on his understanding and not ours. That's what happens. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, we're going to let Miko take over and, uh, teach us all a valuable lesson on faith (laughs) all right so what we're going to be talking about tonight um there faith is actually a law so a law is just a principle um within god's kingdom so there are several laws within his kingdom 
which we need to know in order to live an effective life to be overcomers. So one of the laws that I wanted to cover tonight is the law of faith. So we'll start out by going to Romans 3 and 27 in the New King James Version to show you that God actually says this is a law. He reveals that with Paul writing this letter to Romans. So it says, where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. So again, we see here that faith is actually a law. And let me define what a law is so that you can understand that. So a law is any set requirement of actions designed to determine a preset outcome. So in the earth, we have natural laws, like there's a law on um, I-94 where I live that the speed limit is 55. That is determining a preset set of actions to determine a preset outcome. If you drive the speed limit of 55 and don't exceed it, you won't get ticketed. And that's going to happen the same way for everyone. In the earth, there is the law of gravity. So we know that what goes up must come down. So if I go on top of a roof and try to walk off, if someone of a different race, a different age, a different weight size does the exact same thing, we are all going to plummet to our death because that is the law. Whatever goes up comes down. So it is a set requirement of actions and it's going to determine a preset outcome. So you can always know what's going to happen if you know the law and you operate on the good side of the law and that you don't work against the law. And a lot of times people try to make it seem as if God is so mysterious and you can never know what he's going to do, but he has a book full of principles, which we call our Bible. And if you start to learn those principles, you can really know how he acts, how he thinks, and what he's going to do by understanding the laws. So a lot of times the problem is we don't understand his principles. We don't understand his laws. And so to him, to us, he is mysterious, but he gives us all this information so that he isn't mysterious to us. So, you, you know, can okay. I interrupt real oh, quick? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. So this is, I, I love that you said that. It's so good that we understand that it is a law and it's already set in motion by God yeah. himself, yeah. <clears throat> which, but here's the thing. Sometimes we're ignorant of the law, whether we're a believer or not a believer. Yeah. Um, for instance, you use the driving analogy. I've used this often where someone could be, you know, if, if they're new to town and they're driving in a 55 mile an hour zone and they're doing 65 and the police officer pulls them over and says, Hey, you know, you're, you're doing 10 over. He's like, Oh, well officer, I didn't know I'm new. The officer's not going to care whether you're new to the town or not. The law has already been established. Right. And so he has, but the officer does have this, you know, he can decide whether he's going to write you a ticket or let you go <clears throat> or maybe for an, you know, a smaller amount. So mm -hmm. yeah, we can, we can, the law exists, whether we like it or not, it's in right. place, just like right. mathematics is in place and gravity. Right. Yes. Sorry. Right. Okay. No. And I'm glad you pointed that out. And with God, we have to understand too, he's not a liar. So when he says something, his word is going to accomplish that. So if he was to renege, on what he said as laws, then he would then be a liar. And then he would no longer be the God that we know. And everything is upheld by his word. So he's not going to break his word for anyone. And especially when we're talking about laws, because we've been talking about things in the past about demonic activity, uh, such and such, um, you know, there's ways that we can live our life that will cause us to have eternal life with God. And then there's ways that we can live our life that causes us not to have eternal life with God. So God has to keep his word that he put forth. And what we'll see if you start to study scripture, 
his word is the law. Whatever he says is law. That's why he does not speak haphazardly. He's very intentional about the words that he speaks. And he teaches us likewise to be very intentional about the words that we speak. That's why it says that at the end of our lives, we're going to be judged by every word that we've spoken. Because when we speak, we're either speaking death or we're speaking life because he has given us the same ability that is within him. So he's very careful, very intentional about what he speaks, because if he goes back on that, then he has to go back to the beginning of time with humanity and excuse them for all the things that he held them guilty of. So what we have to understand is people have this facade going on in their minds is that God will make exceptions to his word for me. But he says he's no respecter of persons. If he didn't do it for X, Y, Z, if he didn't do, do it for those angels that broke his word, he's not doing it for you either. So we need to make sure that we're understanding what God reveals to us in his word. And this law of faith is paramount for anyone that's calling themselves a follower of Christ to know this so that we can start to see manifestations of promises in our lives because he doesn't just zap things in our life. He doesn't zap us with peace and joy and deliverance and all the promises that he's purchased with his blood. The currency that we use to receive all those things is faith, not money. Because a lot of times people are trying to trick people into sowing seed of what they call money to be able to get things. God reveals to us in his word how you receive from him. It is with faith. And we'll see that tonight. So I'll pause there. Can't hear you. Um, I was going to say, sorry. <laughs> it always happens. Every, I don't, I've, now I'm on probably my 120th show and I still mute. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a rookie, I swear. Uh, no, what I was saying was, you know, it's, it's that blab it and grab it, name it and claim it spit it and get it whatever you want to call it like it, that's it's all these things yeah. that are not godly not biblical and exactly. there's plenty of preachers that are, are throwing it out there i fell for it when i was a young christian i man i went everywhere where, where that message was being preached because i thought it was, god was like this cosmic slot machine you know and i was just gonna <laughs> hit the jackpot you know and it's like yeah. it's just embarrassing now thinking about it but uh yeah. man, believe it and receive it Believe in a risk. That's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's a yeah, whole list or, of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I really needed to make sure I understood faith because I knew the path that God was going to place me on. Um, and I knew, and I'm quite honest, and this is what God wants from every individual. He wants us to come to him and be like, look, I don't know. I need you to teach me. And he is, he's, overjoyed when people do that and they're not full of pride and they're willing to be humble and to be taught. So he started teaching me about this currency called faith. And what he revealed to me is there's three important questions that an individual needs to ask about faith to be able to truly understand faith. So the first question that we need to ask is one, how does faith come? The second question that we need to ask is how do we exercise faith? And then the third question is, what is faith? And the reason why I'm putting what is faith as the third question instead of the first, as we start to look at the first and second question and get that answered, it will fully open up our con comprehension to understand what faith actually is. So um, does anybody want to give a stab, a shot at what faith is before? <laughs> you well, don't have to before we get into that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Is that where we're 
going with yeah, this? Yeah, we're okay. gonna we're gonna go there. <laughs> now let me ask this question because a lot of times, and again, you don't have to answer, but I'll just throw it out there. It can be rhetorical. Um, when I talk to a lot of people and counsel a lot of people, uh, and when people teach, I listen to teachings on faith. What they teach is that belief is faith, and what mm -hmm. we have to understand is that those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Believing is one thing, exercising in faith is another. Now, let me give the definition, and then we'll start to go into answering these three questions. Well, I won't give the full definition of faith, but I will give a definition of believing so we can start to compare and contrast as we're going through this lesson. Mm -hmm. So to believe, when you really look that definition up, it is to accept, to admit, to acknowledge. So I can accept, I can admit, I can acknowledge that God said something, but it doesn't actually mean that I'm going to go forward to exercise faith in that. And I will get back to that later. I don't want to get too far into that because I'm going to get to that later and I don't want to like get ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. So we are going to go to the scripture that uh, Gino just quoted, which is Romans 10, 17. This tells us how faith comes. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I want to point out a critical piece in this scripture that most people miss, and it went over my head for years. When you look at this scripture, it says faith comes by hearing. Hearing is not past tense. Hearing is present tense. So we are to always be hearing the word of God so faith can always be coming to us to strengthen our mind, our thought process. And that's why when you go back and study scripture and see in Joshua 1 and 8 and in Psalms chapter 1, verses 2 through 3 and 4, I think it is, he tells us to meditate in his word day and night. There are so many important benefits to meditating in his word day and night because, number one, when your mind is filled with the word of God, it eliminates fear. It eliminates doubt because your mind is so dominated by what God says which is going to fuel hope, which is going to fuel the expectation for you to move forward in his work. And we'll be getting to all this later that it shrouds out the doubt and the dread and the fear that makes you paralyzed, that makes you hesitant, that makes you really not be fully confident or trust that what God said he can actually do or actually perform in your life. So when I'm always hearing the word, Faith can always be coming, which means I need to always be studying the word. I need to always be meditating. And what I hear a lot of people say is, oh, I heard that. Or oh, I heard that before. No, I don't really study that much. No, I don't really meditate that much. They just go on Sunday and maybe midweek to a Bible class. And that's about it. So their life is one of having heard the word, but not always hearing the word. And when they get in situations that causes for their faith to be exercised, as the currency to receive the peace they need, to receive the joy they need, to receive the deliverance they need, to receive the salvation they, they need, they can't exercise it because they're too weak in faith, because they haven't been doing their due diligence to feed themselves mm -hmm. with it. Word. So I'll pause there. Well, uh, let me add this real quick. And Matt, I want you to chime in here too. Um, and to you, I hate using this phrase, but play devil's advocate. Um, so someone might say, well, what if it's a deaf person? They can't hear. <laughs> well, God is a healer. So there's no excuse because he can, he can heal. Let's, so let's, yeah. let's assume they're, they're deaf. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. 
I, I, I've always kind of interpreted the hearing part as similar to what you're saying, but also yeah. that it's an understanding. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual understanding of the gospel. So you're here, it's coming in, you're receiving a new knowledge and you're receiving it and taking it into your spirit and believing yeah. upon it, right? So, yeah. um, but if someone's incapable, let's say they're, you know, mentally challenged or, um, you know, just, I don't know, hurt, deaf, like I said, um, yeah. there, there's been people say, well, how do they get to heaven if they can't understand the gospel, if they don't have that deep understanding in their spirit? I mean, I, I, I have my own thoughts on that, but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. So. Oh, no, that's completely fine. Okay. So I'll answer that in a couple of different ways. One is when I read the word, I'm hearing the word. So it doesn't necessarily have to be audible. I'm hearing someone preach. And again, God tells everyone he doesn't make exceptions that we need to be meditating in his word day and night. Now, there are different situations, circumstances where God has come to people in dreams and visions or whatever. There's various ways that God can speak and communicate. But then again, that doesn't excuse the fact that he has placed disciples of Christ down here and we need to be being strengthened in faith to go out and heal the sick, to go out, preach the gospel, to convert people and to do all these different things. So the question is a really great question but Paul faced that, Peter faced that, John faced that, Bartholomew, they all faced these things and they overcame those challenges by exercising and operating in the power of God. So that would be my answer. Matt, any uh, comments? I think she said it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know Miko's so thorough when she teaches. I love it. It's like, no, it's, it's I, I have to, like I really have to struggle to think of something to say. <laughs> No, I mean I like the details. I mean, I like the details. Mm -hmm. I'm a whenever whenever I do teaching, I'm usually pretty um I'm pretty descriptive in the way that I teach just because that's how I that's how I learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm um I'm not only a visual learner, but I'm also I learn I guess based on my imagery that I see in my head. So I try to create these, I try to create these images when I'm teaching. Yep. Um, just because I guess I assume that everyone learns just the way that I do, <laughs> but I have gotten really good response. And the fact that I've had people tell me like, you know, you make it really simple. That's awesome. Um, just because I don't, I don't think it should be so complicated. Right. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that's something that scares people away um, from really diving in is they think that it's, it's some sort of like, like mathematical theory. Like you have to be a certain way or you have to understand on a certain level. Mm -hmm. Um, like, uh, I guess edifying yourself in, in, in growing in your faith and in seeking in your understanding is all really contingent on your position. And I don't think that that's, that's the way that it is. I think it can actually be as simple as Sesame street. Mm -hmm. If you don't complicate it. Yeah. But, you know, we've had our own instances and experiences in life, whether it be churches or a message or, you know, some sort of ministry that we listen to that just seem to make it so far out of our reach. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you're not a really eloquent speaker or like you said, maybe if you have some sort of, you know, inability mm -hmm. makes you feel less than. Mm -hmm. And so it's intimidating. Yeah. So I like I like the descriptions. I like that she's yeah. detailed um, because it, it paints a more vivid picture. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. I'm glad you said that too, because I remember 
being in a church situation and it was interesting it actually was offensive to me um <laughs> they made the statement that like they don't even they were trying to make it seem like they don't go into really explaining things to the congregation because you have to basically teach them at a third grade level because they're not ready for it and i was just like no that's not even what god reveals because over my lifetime, I have I've taught children, I've taught teens, I've taught young adults, and then I've taught adults. And with every situation, none of them were well-versed in the word. But by the time they got done going through a semester or whatever, they could speak the word of God and regurgitate it and witness it to people better than pastors, better than ministers. So that mindset of, you know, it's the word is complicated, it's hard to learn, no. If you can break it down so much so that a child can understand it, then that's where it needs to be. Because we're to come to him as a child. And exactly. that children can understand the very things that I'm teaching because I've taught them and they were light years ahead of their leaders. So yeah, yeah I, I love what you just said. There's, even though something may seem scary, there's always a way to break that down and teach that in such a way where it's not intimidating. But that's the gift of a teacher in God's kingdom. A teacher has mm -hmm. that ability. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that out. Yeah, I've always said, this. I love when, you know, look, I like going deep into the word with theologians and guys that are, you know, well-versed in it and things like that. But that's, that's when you're a little more mature in your faith. When you're getting started, like I know there's there's the whole crowd out there that says King James only. I get it. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> I'm not in that crowd, but yeah, I get I it. Uh, yeah. You know, I've I've heard all the arguments on both sides. Listen, if if the word is true to the original autographs, the original text, I'm good with it. The ESV is my new favorite. Like <clears throat> when my I, Michael Heiser is one of my favorite teachers. That guy is a biblical scholar. He's an ancient languages expert. If he tells me that that version is a good version, I'm going to listen to him. Uh, I've learned so much from that guy. But this is the problem I've had. I've watched teachers teach out of the King James, right? And you've got baby Christians in the audience, and they're sitting there going, they're trying to figure out, you know, what thou means or yeah. what thy means. Like, that doesn't help anybody. That's not. It I, I like it. It's great. I love the old King. I love that. But you know what? That's not good for teaching sometimes. So yeah. you might have to go to the NIV, I, the nearly inspired version, they call it. But it's like, you know, I, I you can learn a lot from the NIV. You just have to know where the problems are in the NIV. So, right. you, you know, and then you make sure your, your audience knows there's problems in there. Same thing with any other version. There's always issues in a version because it's man, man has taken the translations and, you know, made mistakes, made, made poor choices at words, left out a zero here or there, whatever. It doesn't, but it's, if you're teaching from a book, the crowd has to be able to understand the language. That's like Absolutely. a key ingredient. It is. It is. Yeah. That's basic communication. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I like 101. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, uh, that kind of goes along with what I was just saying, because like my, my wife, she does very intense uh, Bible study. She she's in the word daily and she references different versions of the Bible to read the same scriptures because sometimes it will give you it will give you a little bit of understanding where you're not clear because sometimes it's not what you say it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. And so she will sit there with three Bibles. I don't know how she can do it. Um she's just awesome like that, but she 
she will reference all the all of the different ones and basically find like throughout prayer what what the commonality in the in those three yeah. versions are right and that's where you know that's where she gets her understanding because the word says that above all else we seek understanding mm-hmm. and so you know i can say the king james version it can get a little confusing yeah i tried to read that bible one time i tried to do a challenge and read it in 90 days you want to talk about lost in translation <laughs> yeah <I've> like, <laughs> i mean it's like it breaks down like 12 pages a day yeah which yeah. takes like an hour to read 12 pages yeah because yeah. you can't go quickly through it yeah it's Absolutely. not like a, you know just a regular novel where you're like 12 pages okay well they were on a boat and then they were in the woods that's yeah. what happened yeah now, when you get to chronicles and kings yeah. and <laughs> all of time. that it's like i i spent i spent 20 minutes trying to pronounce a name yeah i understand so yeah, the it's definitely important to make sure, yeah, and teaching we're we're speaking the people's language. So yeah. So yeah. yeah, so faith comes, right? So it says by hearing the word of God. So going back to the fact that again, we need to be always hearing the word of God. That becomes mm-hmm. very important, which your dominant thought is not your problem, not that trial or tribulation that the enemy is gonna bring your way to distract you. It needs to be the word of God. So one of the things still talking about how faith comes before we get to the next question we're answering it with god revealing that faith comes by hearing the word of god so here's one thing we have to understand about the 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 form of the word of god you can't see it it's not like okay so he says there is healing and i got sickness in my body and i can automatically see that healing i can automatically feel that healing in my body or joy there are some people dealing with depression you can read that, but you don't actually see the appearance of the joy or the peace or the deliverance um, until your faith goes and get that. So one thing I want everyone to understand is that the word of God is in spirit form, which means anything in spirit form is invisible. It exists, but you can't see it because it's in spirit form. So we're going to go to some scriptures which talks about this. So let's go to John chapter 6, verse 63 in the New King James Version. John chapter 6, verse 63 in the New King James says here, um, and I believe this is Christ talking, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Miko, can you hear us? Yes. Oh, you froze up there for a second. Oh, can you, am I good now? <laughs> yeah, now you're good. Yeah. You said right. the spirit, the, the flesh, um, or the spirit gives life and then it froze on you. Yeah. Okay. So, so I bind yeah. the enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I bind any interference in our internet connections and this Zoom connection now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Psalm 6 and 63 says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So what I want to focus on for this lesson, Christ is saying the words that he speaks are spirit. They're in spirit form. So it's not like you can just see all the goodies, all the promises, everything he's doing for us just in a manifested form because it is in spirit form. So to back that up and support that, we're going to look at another verse. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter one and look at verse three in the New King James Version. Oops. So, if he, oh, mm-hmm. sorry, if I he, thought I had it, but it. Oh, you're me. fine. 
So I'm just going to keep repeating in case people are turning. Ephesians to... 1. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Ephesians 1 and 3 and the New King James Version. It's taking forever to change here. Sorry. There are you goes. cool? I can keep okay, talking. Okay, here we go. So in Ephesians 1 and 3, it says here, and this is God revealing this through Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So let me pause and kind of explain, mesh these scriptures together before we go forward. The words that God speak are in spirit form. All the blessings, all the promises, when you go back and study scripture and see how blessings were passed down, it was the father or someone speaking it upon their child. It was words. They didn't physically see it at that time in that juncture in, um, in, in, in time. It actually, as they walked in faith, those things manifested. So what we have to understand is everything that we need in life. And I'm going to get back to this scripture later in this lesson if we do it tonight. If not, I can continue this same lesson when we come back next time. But all the blessings, it says that God is revealing to us every blessing that you ever need. And let me define a blessing. A blessing is an empowerment to thrive in life, to prosper, to succeed, to do well. So anytime you're not thriving in life, anytime you're not prospering in life, anytime you're not succeeding, and that's chronic, a curse is upon you, which means that that is something that is causing you to be doomed to experience delays, setback, anti-progress, destruction. So God is saying, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing. He didn't say manifest it. All the blessings that he has for us are in, in existence, but they're currently in spirit form. The way that you grab that is by using faith. And we're going to get more into this in just a moment, but you can't use cash to get the blessings. You can't, there's no, there's no tool that God has given us to retrieve the blessings that are in spirit form, to pull it back in our three-dimensional realm and cause it to become manifested, except for faith. My five senses can't detect the joy, the peace, the healing, the deliverance, until it becomes manifested in my life. It exists, even though people are sick and dying. It exists, even though people are bound and they're not free. Peace exists, even though there are people suffering with mental anguish and depression. So obviously there is some disconnect from them being able to receive what God died for them to have. And trust me, Christ gave his life. So he wants us to have everything that he paid for. He didn't pay for it and say, well, I want some people to go without. So that's what I want to make sure we understand as we continue on this journey, looking at this law of faith. Faith comes by hearing, present tense, the word of God. The word is in spirit form. And every blessing that we ever need, God has made it available by speaking those things into, into existence. But we, we're going to have to use faith to retrieve it. So I'll pause there. Well, <clears throat> I grew up in the Catholic church um, until I was about 31, 32 years old. <clears throat> and we were pretty much taught that you had to have a poverty spirit. Now, their idea of poverty spirit was that you had to be broke. <laughs> like you just literally had to live <laughs> live like, you know, dollar to dollar and, you know, beg on the street or something. As they um, do the opposite. It, it, I, exactly. That's, that's when I started waking up. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, or they would tell you, you had to pay for penance, you know, and they yeah. just would just ridiculous stuff. Um, but it's, you know, and that's not, not to disparage our Catholic friends out there that might be watching this or watching this on replay. Um, you know, but you gotta, you need to know what the Bible says, not what yeah. uh, the guy, you know, what the collar says or the guy in Rome that's <laughs> is so yeah. corrupt right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me, it was like, it took me a while to get out of the mindsets that was, I was indoctrinated with. You know, yeah. I, there was lots of bad teaching there, <clears throat> you know. Um, so what, a, you know, I what you're saying, I, you know, I agree with 100%, obviously. This is right out of God's word. Um, he doesn't want us broke. He doesn't right. want you unhealthy. He doesn't want you sick. You know, he wants yeah. us to prosper and have abundance. Um, yeah. But that's that comes with a contrite heart and a humble heart. And I think that's the key. That's one of the keys to this with, with the whole faith teaching here is that if your heart's not in the right place um you're not going to see these things manifest in your life because that's that's your sinful nature that is interrupting god what god wants to do in your life so until you get humbled and genuinely humbled not that self-humility stuff um that might be one of the reasons you're not seeing these things i know for me personally this year of 2022 that we talked about earlier being the worst year ever in history it's, I'm going to look back at 2022 and I learned a whole bunch about what I was capable of and what I'm incapable of because he had to really dig deep inside of me to show me. Cause I, I thought I had overcome some things and I didn't. So yeah, I, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to be ready for him to chasten you into a place where you're not comfortable. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, but you know, daddy knows best. Yeah. Walking with God, you will definitely come out of your comfort zone. It's not about being in your comfort zone. It's about getting out because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. And that's how you become greater than what you are. And that's how you walk into who God always called you to be by coming out of your comfort zone. Right. So yeah, our life will definitely have those moments where it, yeah, it's uncomfortable. For sure. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Next scripture, James. Um, not yet. Oh, so, sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> Jumping so, ahead. <laughs> no, you're, you're excited. I like it. So, <laughs> all right. So we've answered the first question. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You need to constantly be in a present state of hearing the word through reading it, studying it, meditating in the word of God. Now let's get to the second question, because this is going to be the big daddy here. Um, and this may take us for the rest of tonight. I don't know if I'm gonna get to the third question tonight. I can always come back and do that, mm -hmm. but we'll see how far we get. So the second question is how is faith exercised or carried out? So I'm going to say this, and then we're going to look at scripture that basically God has revealed this. So I'm just going to give the answer. And then we're going to look at this in scripture. So we talked about faith and that it comes by hearing the word of God and the word is in spirit form, meaning it's immaterial. When I say immaterial, it's not in a manifested form. That's all I mean. So faith works by responding or acting upon the word of God that we have to trust. Faith always, and this is this is a part of the law, because remember I said a law is if you do this, it's going to turn out the same way every single time for whoever participates in it. If you work against this law, if you work against what God is revealing, it's not going to work for you. And many people are trying to see things manifest in their life, but they're not doing what he said. They, they're doing everything around what he said and think he's going to still make it happen. No, he operates in his word. So we all got to get the mindset. Let me learn what he said and do it. Let me not 
go against it. Why I gotta be this way? Why can't he change the process? He not, because his word is eternal, forever settled in heaven. So we gotta make our mind up, I'm gonna do it his way, or you just not gonna do it at all. And a lot of people not doing it at all. And that's why their lives look the way it looks. When I learned this and got on board, whoo, my life has changed. Whoo, I see manifestations all the time. So the things that other people talk about, I really can't even relate to anymore because I'm so far removed from it. Yes, I get attacked. Yes, I get challenged. I've been attacked this whole 2023, but the only reason I've been able to overcome is one of the one of the laws that I'm teaching on is the law of faith. There are several other laws, but this is a big one. If you get this, it'll lead you into the other ones. So um, what we have to understand is that faith always involves putting corresponding actions to the word of God that we believe, that we accept, that we admit, that we acknowledge he said. Since I'm going to admit, accept, and acknowledge he said it, why wouldn't I act in obedience to that? That makes absolutely no sense. So when we do that, it's going to give substance and evidence to his word. So remember this, and then we're going to get to the scripture. If your actions are not in response to a specific word of God, it is not faith. It's wishful thinking, it's foolishness, but it's not faith because faith comes from God's word. So let me give an example of what I'm talking about. I remember someone said to me, because I worked at, um, I taught Bible studies at Wayne State. And I remember um, someone said to me that they, um, they had a job, but they weren't working many hours. They signed um, a, a, an apartment contract lease and the amount of money they were making at the job wasn't enough to pay for their rent, but they were expecting God to just give them the money and pay their rent. Okay. Let's pause because faith comes by hearing the word of God. What word of God did you receive? Whether that's the logos word or Rhema word, that that's what he was going to do. The answer was, Oh, I don't have one. That's why your rent didn't get paid because <laughs> I, I mean, that that's foolishness. That's wishful thinking. Faith, as we're going to see, as we keep going, I have to have a specific word. I'm hearing from God. I act on that word. The results come. I hear the word of God. I act on that word. The results come. I hear the word. I act on it. The results come. We're going to see that. So let's start to get into this because God reveals through James about this law of faith. So we're going to go to James chapter two. And in James chapter two, we're going to jump around and look at verse 17, then verse 20 then verse 22, and then verse 26 in the complete Jewish Bible version. So in James chapter 2 and 17, this says, thus faith by itself, unaccompanied by actions, is dead. Let me pause. Well, what actions should I be doing in my life? It's not just anything. Sometimes people just, they just think of good things and say, I'm just going to do this. Your actions have to be in direct response to what God says. So I'm going to give you more examples in a minute, but just know if there are no, if you're not acting on the word of God, faith is dead. It's not emotion. That's just you believing. I believe he said it, but I'm not acting on nothing he said. So now let's go to verse 20. Amiko, which, yes. which version was that? Because um, I'm sorry, complete Jewish Bible. Okay. Version. Okay. I had the wrong one. Sorry. There we go. Sorry. Okay. okay. We can read that again then complete jewish bible and i usually use a bible gateway so i'm not sure yeah that's what i'm using got too. It. Yep. okay 
So I'll reread that. So in James chapter 2 and 17, in the complete Jewish Bible version, it said, thus faith by itself, unaccompanied by actions, is dead. New King James says, unaccompanied by works. Works means actions. I have to be putting actions to the word of God that I'm hearing. Okay, verse 20. He goes on to say, but foolish fellow, do you want to be shown that such faith apart from actions is barren? We go to verse 22. This says, you see that his faith, and this was talking about Abraham because God gave a promise. And let me just talk about this before I read this. God gave a promise to Abraham that he was going to have a child and that from this child, there would be descendants so many that you couldn't count. So what faith does, the actions that we're going to start to see as we keep going is that you have to put corresponding thoughts to the word of God you're hearing. I got to act. I got to think in agreement to what God said. Then I got to speak in agreement to what God said. And then my actions have to be in agreement to what he said. So all three, it's kind of like the way I describe it is when you were in school and you had that combination lock on your locker and you had to like get all like three numbers lined up and then that baby popped and opened. That's how faith works to receive the promises from God. Your thought, speech and action have to be in alignment with what God said. If any three of those are out of alignment, you will receive absolutely nothing. Because we know from James chapter one, um, verses six through eight, he says, you got to ask in faith, not doubting. For anyone that doubts is like a wave of a sea tossed to and fro and is double-minded. Think not that man shall receive anything from the Lord. So let's take a microwave, for example. If I told Gino, hey, let's say he came and visit um, and he wanted something to eat. I had pizza, but it was cold. I say, hey, Gino, there's some plates up there. If you put this in a microwave, um, you know, 30 minutes should be good for one slice. Do that. Without thinking, Gino takes a plate, puts the pizza on there from in the refrigerator, puts the pizza in the microwave, hits 30 seconds on there, and then 30 seconds is done. Now, if I told Gino that and he just said, well, I believe if I put this pizza in the microwave and put 30 seconds on there that it's going to warm up, but he just stands there with the pizza on the plate in his hand and he don't put no actions to what I just told him to do. Do you think he going to have hot pizza to eat? <laughs> no, he is not. And I don't know why we play these games with God. Like, well, I can just listen to what he said, but not do it. Why do you think he says he that hears the word and is a doer of the word? That's the one that's blessed, mm-hmm. blessed, empowered to thrive, to prosper. Why? Because you see manifestation of my word in your life. If you keep listening to the word, but you put no actions and thought, speech and action, you will get nothing. So going back to Abraham, let's talk about Abraham. He told him, you going to have a son. So this is what Abraham did. He didn't just look at Sarah every day and just be like, girl, we're going to have a baby, but we're not going to have sex. We're not going to do nothing. Guess what they was doing often? Having sex. Guess what his thoughts were? You're going to get pregnant and it's going to be by me and we're going to have this child. Guess what else? He spoke that he was going to have it. He acted that way. So I don't have this on here, but if you can go here, Gino, if you can pull up Romans chapter four and it's verses 18 through 22. Let me go there too. Romans four. Okay. 18 18 through 22. You can go into New King James. 
Oh, did I change the version? I, I might not have. And take your time. Yeah, I did. Yep. Just okay. Okay. So I'm going to read here and I'm going to stop at certain points, but it says in Romans 4, verses 18 through 22, this says, this is talking about Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Let's pause. Remember I said, your thoughts, number one, have to be in agreement with God's word. Because what you have to understand is it's a chain of reaction. What you think determines what you speak. And that also determines how you behave. That then determines your character, your habits, and your destiny. So if I'm not thinking right in agreement with God, I'm sure not going to speak what he said, nor am I going to act on what he said. So in this verse, it's very key because it said against hope, he had hope. So number one, what we're going to see is our hope comes from the word of God. Before hearing the word of God, I don't even know that certain things are possible. I don't know that the dead can be raised. I don't know that when sickness comes, I can be healed and I, I don't have to put up with this. I didn't know that I didn't have to be bound and that I can overcome de depression and um, all this different stuff that the enemy wants to put on me. But once I know, for me, I had a situation that the doctors couldn't heal me from. It took me one time to read the Bible and say he already purchased healing. I said, oh, that's for me because I need to get out of this situation. So what I did, I took that word. I pulled every scripture on healing and I meditated on it day and night. Till that word of healing was more real to me than the pain I felt in my body. Because here's the contradiction. Satan going to make sure there's contradictions. That's why faith is not, it's, it's, it's easy, it's simple, but it's not easy to operate in. The concept of it is so simple, but to operate in it becomes difficult when you got an enemy constantly bombarding you with contradictions to what God said. So one, I had pain in my body. This wasn't imaginary. I felt it every time I tried to move. But I couldn't focus on the pain that was in my body and the diagnosis that I had. What I had to do was take that scripture that said, by his stripes I'm healed, that he sent his word to heal and deliver me, that he sent, um, he provided cure and health for me. So I had to meditate on, on that to so much so to I was more convinced that I was healed, even though I'm experiencing pain in my body. So once I got that, it's like, okay. Let me start speaking in agreement. And it wasn't like one, two, three. I was trying to do all of this at the same time. But there's moments in your life when it clicks and it's real for you. And that took some years for this to become real for me. This wasn't overnight, unfortunately, for me. It took me seven years. It doesn't have to take you seven years. I'm just really analytical. And that's what it took me. <laughs> but once I got to this point of I've meditated in the scriptures for years. Okay, now I believe it's more than anything. My speech it was, I'm healed. So I would not identify myself with the condition. I would always say my body's being attacked with this, but by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And so you got to act healed too. So the things that you normally can't do, you better get up and make your body do it. So I remember this one situation when I was away in undergrad at Central Michigan, and I wasn't feeling well in my body because of this um, attack in my body. And so I remember saying, I'm not going to class today. I can't walk across the, uh, the campus. I'm just going to stay in the bed. And do you know what God said to me? Without any sympathy, heal people, get up and go to class. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, 
All right. Because he's like, hey, don't play with me. You got to use faith. So you need to get up out that bed. And I don't care what you got to do. Get to class. And I cannot tell you to this day how I made it. But I got up, made it to class and came back. Because, hey, at the end of the day, you can't be playing game. Oh, I speak it, but I don't do it. Mm. No, I have to put thoughts actions and speech until this day i am healed from that that's something doctors couldn't cure but if you can't overcome these mental battles because the battlefield will be in your mind satan will hit your body with stuff he will hit your life with situations and circumstances and you have to learn how to glance at that but focus on the word i see that but i'm not focused on that i am focused on hearing what god said so that my faith can be strong it said that abraham did not consider his body which is already past the age of producing seed. He did not consider Sarah's womb, which was already dead. What he only considered 100% was what God said. You gonna have sex with her and have a child. The thought, it gotta be in agreement with what God said. So I wanna make sure we see that in this scripture before we go forward. So I'll pause. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, man. <laughs> Never, okay. I, you're, I love when you, I don't know. You have a way of, I mean, I, we've all read that scripture a million times, but like when you explain it that we're like, Oh yeah, of course it's right there. Like you just can kind of overlook <laughs> it. it so, blows up, right? yeah, exactly. like it's, yeah, no, that's really but good. He put all the details there. We have to get to this point where we don't consider anything other than what God said. So pull this up. Cause I said it, but pull it up. Cause this is going to match perfectly with the scripture. I quoted, go to James chapter one, and we're going to read verses one through, I mean, six through eight. Okay, James, James one. Okay. Verses six through eight. So here, and let me, oh, let me look and see when you got it up. Okay. So this says here. I was just but, thinking of this scripture. It's funny. So yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Let's pause. What is doubting? It's considering something other than what God said. Anytime you find yourself considering the opposite of what God said, you are doubting. So if you're asking yourself, am I doubting? Yes, you are doubting because you have to be 100% on lock. God said this, and that's all I'm thinking. That's all I'm considering. I am not going to consider another alternative. Your little backup plan that you got going, that's your doubt. And that's why you got nothing in God's word manifesting. You got to get rid of your backup plan. You got to get rid of CDE. You got to get rid of all of that and just stand on the word of God. Think the word of God. Speak the word of God. Act in agreement with the word of God. And that will cause that faith to bring into manifestation the word that you can't see that's invisible. So, you know, when we, um, sorry, um, I was just thinking, like, it's basically calling God a liar. When we doubt him, we're saying, oh, oh. I don't know, you, you might, you're just dangling that carrot out in front of me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's insulting to him because he's like, it says in scripture, not one of his promises have ever failed. So why are you doubting me? And we got to, that's something we got to look at internally. What is it about me that doubts God? And until you figure that out, you're going to, that's going to be a stumbling block for you all the mm. time. And trust, there are areas where we're better in our faith than others. We're stronger here, but then maybe weaker in this subject. And we got to be real with ourselves. Okay, I'm weak here. Why am I weak? Let me sure that up and get that strong. Because trust, God is not the problem when we don't receive. It's because of us. And a, a lot of times the cop out is, well, God didn't want me to have that promise. He died for you to have that promise. So that makes absolutely no sense. 
He got disfigured for you to have that promise. He got beat, whipped. He had nails put in his hands and feet for you to have that promise. So let's not use that as a cop-out. Let's look at you. Because back in the day, and I think the audience may be, you know, of older age like us, when <laughs> we used to have those TVs with the antenna and you had to get the antenna yeah. just right or the signal didn't come through. Tin, tin foil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the problem wasn't that yeah. the signal wasn't going through in the air. The signals were there. The problem was with the receiver. Mm -hmm. God is the sender, the, the signals. We are the receivers. So when we're not receiving what God is putting down, communicating, it's a us problem. We need to adjust our antennas and see what's going on. And part of that is going to be either you're doubting or in fear. So this says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. So let me ask this question. It's a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it. When it says no doubting, can I have 5% doubt? <laughs> is, this a have is this a trick question? Yeah, is it a trick question? Can I have 1% doubt? Can I have 0.00001% doubt? No, you cannot. He says no doubt. So if you have any ounce of doubt, you not getting it. Just put that in your head. Because remember, his word is forever settled in heaven and it's not changing. So he says, if you doubt for with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose, let him not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let me go to number seven. He says, if you doubt, do not think that you're going to receive anything from me. That's a law. Remember, if I drive 55, I won't get a ticket. If I go over, I'm getting it. Well, if I operate in doubt, I'm not getting nothing from God. And don't think he about to alter his word because you're too weak to get in the word and strengthen your faith. You're going to have to do what he, he did his part. You're going to have to do your part. I got to do my part. Gino got to do his part. So Matt got to do his part. We all got to do our part. Verse eight says, double-minded. So remember Abraham, it said he didn't consider his own body and he didn't consider Sarah. He only considered what the word of God said. So whenever I consider something other than what God says, you're double-minded. Mm -hmm. I'm double-minded. And guess what you're getting from God? Absolutely nothing. You know, and this perfectly explains why God says our brain, our mind is at enmity with him and why it needs to be renewed daily yep. and to be transformed. You yep. know, that's, it's the mind is a, it is a wasteland, honestly. Like I, if you don't <laughs> catch your brain, like I, there's so many times in the day, I don't even know what I'm thinking about. It's just wandering here and there. And I'm like, what am I even thinking about? Like, what's, why did that thought come in? Like just weird stuff. Yeah. And like, if you're not paying attention, it'll just like, <laughs> lead yeah. you astray like really quick and that's why he says meditate day and night because it it, it prevents the going astray mm -hmm. or if you realize that you can quickly get rid of that and get right back on par with meditating and something that he said yeah you're absolutely right it's crucial matt so, yeah. matt you don't have yeah. problems with your mind wandering do you <laughs> absolutely not no, no you've, over, you've overcome that right i'm yeah. clear-minded i have absolute laser point vision <laughs> Nope. I never have any false witnesses enter into my mind and, and create narratives that aren't untrue. Um, I absolutely have that issue. I mean, we've discussed it before. Do you remember how I gave you that reference that uh, that 
in my head it's a bad neighborhood yep, and I'm yep. not even safe in there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's that a good, good one. You know, and a lot like and a lot like with her, it took me it took me about eight years of intensive training and working with counselors and pastors pastors and doing like self inflection and, and prayer and supplication and mm-hmm. to really understand that. You know, it, it's a lot like it, it honestly goes back to even further in the conversation about things that I didn't realize I was still I was still like hinging on things that were still holding on to me. You know, I gave a message one time and I spoke about um, the anchors and the sails. So in 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 I guess in the in, in the winds, sails propel you forward, but anchors keep you still. So you have to figure out in your life, what are your sails and what are your anchors? Um, especially if you're set on a path to actually move forward. I mean, this could be people, this could be vices, this could be thought processes, this could be habits, this could be all sorts of things can be considered an anchor and or a sail. So I always try to keep that in my mind when I'm, when I'm encountering different things or I'm discussing things with people whether it's an anchor or it's a sale. Like people have honestly, they've probably gotten tired of hearing me say it because it's pretty, it's pretty matter of fact. It is. It's, it's, it's a simple, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's a simple way of putting it that you're not being honest with yourself. Right. You're not being truthful. You know, it's like uh it's almost like when we, we had on a previous show and I talked about the fact that uh, I was sitting there at a church service and a, a female pastor, she was up there and she was preaching. And she said, one of the things that drives her super crazy is that people aren't honest. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, obviously people aren't honest. I mean, we see that every day, but she's talking about people that are saved. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, you're not honest. If you're not honest with yourself, you're definitely not honest with me. So she, you know, she brought up that reference. I think I told you before about how. You know, people would come up for prayer and she'd ask, what do you need? And they're like, oh, you know, I I need a new job. I could use more money in my life. But the truth is that entire week they've been thinking about taking their own life. See, the, the, the devil knows your truth just as well as God does. You know, we talked about we talked about um, the fact that there's a difference between a, a, a test and a temptation. Mm hmm. How God tests us, but the devil tempts us with the same thing we're being tested with. It's interesting how it's a it's this symbiotic balance. But if you can recognize it for what it is and you can see it clearly, again, that's by meditation meditating on the word and praying and you know being submitted before the Lord and being open to you know God's interpretation on your circumstances. But it's tough. I mean, I think the last two years have been a hard one for a lot of people. To, to even, I guess, even understand the word faith, let alone the concept. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I think we've seen very much how fragile our society is. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, not even not even out in the street, but even in our church. Oh, yeah. You that, know how fragile it is. Matt, that brings up a good point, because the last two years, people did put their faith in some things. It just wasn't God. Yeah. Ain't that yeah. the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And God needs that to change. We're supposed to be people of faith. And that yep. expectation does not get lowered just because society gets weak. 
We got to learn true. how to strengthen the people because there's an expectation we have to live to in this relationship. It's a covenant relationship. So I can't enter a covenant and not do my part. And when we don't live by faith, we're not doing our part. And that's the, the honest to God truth. And it's tough. It's rough. But it's the truth. And we got to face that ugly truth and start to deal with that. So Yeah, it requires it requires personal accountability. Yeah. And the thing is, that's where society falls. I think they've shown society has shown that they're more weak in that area than any other area. That personal accountability. It's easier to deny things away, to blame things mm -hmm. away, mm -hmm. to make everything another reason. You know, you only defend when you have something to protect, even if it's your pride. But pride is foolish. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can, yeah. I completely no, nobody, agree. Nobody likes hearing that sermon, though, Matt. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> Wait, are you talking mm -hmm. to me or somebody else? <laughs> I'm talking to whoever will listen. <laughs> I know, because, man. It's... You know, I mean, I think that's the problem: is those foo foo sermons, those feel good words. Yep. You know, they've 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 created this false narrative on what it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, God is a, a love of of, you know, he he is 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 just and he's kind. Yeah. But when you need discipline, you need discipline. You know, when it comes to personal accountability, you can't say that you have a relationship with God if you don't have a personal accountability, because that is the most personal relationship you could possibly have. Yep. And it requires absolute accountability. It absolutely does. Yep. So that's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's good. Uh, let, let's go back to uh, the Romans 4 verses 18 through 20. Well, you can do through 21. Romans 4, 18 through 21. And I'm yeah. going to pick up where I left off. And we'll be in the New King James. Okay. So we Oops. talked about... Oops. Oh, go ahead. There you go. Uh, so we talked about he did not consider his own body dead. That was verse 19. Or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20 says, talking about Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So 20 reveals to us he didn't operate in unbelief because he didn't consider anything other than what God said. He had to play like a broken record in his head every moment of the day, every day. I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have a son. And, th and then from that son, I'm going to have so many descendants that you can't even count. That seems so unrealistic. You can't, I can't even imagine what that would even look like. So I know it was hard for him to imagine that, but he just had to keep playing that and see whatever. And that's why God tried to help him. Look in the sky. You see how many stars it is? You can't count it. Just let that be the image. Look at the beach. You see all the sand. You can't even count all the grains. Let that be your image. Because I know as a human being, you, it, you're, you're not infinite like me. Yeah. You're finite and it's hard for you. So let me help give you an image. Like Matt said, he can see images and that's how he learns. God was helping Abraham to get images so that he could hold tight to that promise. And then verse 21 says, Abraham being fully convinced. That goes back to what we just read in James, which says you can't have no doubt. Fully convinced people is 100%. Meaning there was no unbelief, there was no doubt, and there was no fear. Why? Because he only considered what God said. So it said, and being fully convinced what 
he, being God, had promised, he was also able to perform it. So now let's go back to our original scripture, which is in James. And you, we're you know to touch on that scripture real quick. Sure. Yeah, it just absolutely. hit me. It just hit me like a ton of bricks when it said fully. Mm-hmm. You know, think of a glass fully. You know, to the brim. Let's just say. Um, it. I started to think. I'm like, man, 25 years is a long time to wait for a the promise, time. especially when you're already old. That's a long time. And right. yet, and but that's why it took him 25 years to be fully convinced. God knew that it was going to take. You know, Abraham was obviously the father of our faith. But you think about it, Abraham might not have been fully convinced. Sarah laughed when she heard it. Abraham believed it, but did he fully believe it? I wonder now. Maybe it took the 25 years for him for that glass to be filled with faith before the promise. And it says that through his journey, like every time he had an encounter, like it was twice he went through some king's land and someone tried to take his wife and he wasn't fully honest. So it was situations like that as he kept going. He saw the character of God, like, okay, mm-hmm. he for real. He going to keep his word. He going to do this. Um, and But you got to also realize he had an enemy in his own house working against him, his mm. wife. This ain't going to happen. Have sex with Hagar. She go. <laughs> so he got to yep. now, look, he right. still got to right. like mentally get past. Like, I want us to think as an actual human being and not just let these be black and white words on paper. Like, these were real attacks coming against him these were real obstacles and contradictions coming against him where he had to be able to mentally fight and oversee all that and be like nah you know to shut you up i'm gonna do this but it's still gonna happen with you it's still coming through you and eventually sarah was on board and her faith was there but like you said we know eventually Mm -hmm. she laughed and was like that's not happening (laughs) can you um can either of you Think of an instance in your life where you were that you were that convinced that you were just I I'm not moving on this. I can, and it was yeah. when I was probably the first year of my faith. <clears throat> I remember one particular when my wife's when when not when my wife's back got healed, but after it got healed, my faith went through the roof. I mean, it was like insane, and I saw some crazy stuff in those days. So yeah, that that was when I was probably, which is weird because you know I'm a new believer. But I guess at the same time, just like a kid trusts, you know, his dad jumping into his dad's arms off of a, you know a, a pool or something, <clears throat> you realize, oh, he's gonna catch me. And I was at that level where I just felt like, yeah, he said it. Of course, it's true. For me, most recently, we would be COVID. Um, you know, nobody has ever in our generation, I think, lived through a plague or experienced a plague or saw a plague. And like, I knew already what his word said about healing, but we all as a group, as gathered, we dug in deep and was meditating on those scriptures and we acted as normal. Like for us, it's hard for us to even be like, oh yeah, COVID was there. Cause it was like COVID wasn't yeah, there for us. Didn't care. We still went out in public. We didn't wear masks. Mm-hmm, we ministered mm-hmm. to people who actually just got diagnosed with COVID and was like, come yeah. on, we cool. We not getting it. <laughs> and nothing happened. So, yeah. Uh, but with other things, I will have to be honest, some other things, it does take me to bury my mind in those scriptures and to meditate and to really fight the doubt and the fear. So some things I'm really strong at, usually with like healing, I'm really strong in that area. But then there's other things, like I was telling Gino, I'm I'm going through something with my neighbor and um, all this different stuff. And that has been constant attack upon attack upon attack. And the Lord was like, you need to pull scriptures about 
promises in times of trouble of what I will do. And I've just been meditating on those promises and speaking them and going into warfare and fasting and doing all these different things. So sometimes it takes more than just, oh, I say a prayer or I just meditate on this scripture. Sometimes a fast is required. Sometimes going into warfare is required. But yeah, um, sometimes it's easier and sometimes it's not. So I'll be honest. Ain't that the truth? Mm -hmm. You know, Gino knows. He knows that I was a teenage father. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter was actually born right before I turned 17. And so that definitely made my life very interesting, mm -hmm. um, to say the least. But, you know, I can look back now and I've had a lot of people ask me, like, you know, how did you do it? You're such an amazing man. You're like, you, you came up from being a teenager to being there with your kids and, and being involved in this, that. I never gave myself an option not to. Yeah, that's good. You know, and so I kind of I kind of see that almost like an Abraham situation. It is. Yeah. He didn't want to see it any other way. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got through, because to be quite honest with you, I wasn't where I even remotely close to where I am now in my faith or my understanding. I was still a kid. Yeah. You know, and obviously I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And, um, you know, but I just was I had no idea what it was going to be like to be a, to be a parent. I'd never even held a newborn baby. And and so all these things, all these things that terrified me sat in front of me. Mm -hmm. But I just never gave myself an option out. I never saw, you know, I'm going to talk her into getting an abortion. Or if things get too tough, I'm just going to basically, you know, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to leave her to it. I remember facing her dad. I was terrified. Her dad didn't like me to begin with. But and now we're telling him that she's pregnant. I'm like, this is great. He's going to kill me. Like, I'm done. And uh, he asked me a question. He's like, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. But I won't leave her. Because that was the only thing I did know. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do for a job. I didn't know anything. I mean, it was just one of those things, but I was so sure about that. Mm -hmm. And so I've adapted that into so much of my character throughout my life mm -hmm. in not giving myself options Yeah, because options are where things become dangerous. Yeah. And so, you know, if you give yourself an option in your belief, then it's dead. It's, it's going to fall flat. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe God will show up and maybe he won't. Well, you can maybe in one hand and maybe in the other and see which one fills up first. You're going to end up with nothing. Exactly. You know? And so yep. it's just that the whole Abraham situation kind of makes me think about that. You know, he just was so strong in his belief and he just would not waver with it. Yep. You know, and it's funny because now you fast forward and my wife and I have been together for 25 years. Wow. My, my oldest daughter is now 24. Wow. And she's, you know, she's amazing she's a several time college graduate she's on her way and she does social work for for a living in a minor in criminal law so i must have done something right mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. but yeah it's just i mean it's it's hard to imagine being so dedicated to something that just nothing can move you yeah you know i had a i went to i worked with a man he was born and raised um in croatia and he grew up there during war-torn times. And so his 
his idea on religion was basically like he hated it because he says it creates war. I couldn't necessarily argue with him on the concept of religion. Mm -hmm. um, but he didn't want to hear anything about it. And he basically let me know exactly how he felt all the time about how he felt like my belief is fake and that it was unfounded and that it was just basically something that was put together by people for political gain. And so it was like, whatever. And then uh, after working together for a couple of years, he asked me, is there anything that would make you not believe? And I said, no. And he said, uh, you answer that quickly. I said, yes, I do answer that quickly. Because God has revealed himself to me so many times in my life that there's no way, unless I was absolutely like, I don't know, unless I became a crazy person or just all of a sudden became the most foolish person on the planet that I could deny the evidence of God because he showed up in my life in so many ways, even when I didn't deserve it. Yeah. And so there is no moving me on this. Yeah. And the funny thing was the conversation shifted after that. It's like he all of a sudden respected my belief. He didn't agree with it, but he respected the fact that I wasn't going to move on it. Yeah. That's what we have to do. You know, in this COVID situation, I worked throughout the whole time and I was not afraid. Yep. I wasn't afraid. Yep. And people were like, why aren't you afraid? Why are you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, if you don't, if you don't know God, if you don't know yeah. this, if you don't know what the word says, then I absolutely, I'd be terrified. Yeah. I'd be terrified. Because it's pretty cold and lonely out there with that thought process. But if you have a foundation of faith and you know what the word says, yep. then where's your fear coming from? Yep, exactly. You know, I mean, it. I didn't understand it, but that's because I don't I don't see things from a worldview perspective. Right. So I'm not I'm not looking for your understanding. I'm looking for his. Yep. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and one of my things that I always go back to with the COVID situation, you know, everybody was a Psalms 91 quarter until COVID came. And it's just like, well, either God's a liar, because he said, if you dwell in the secret place, which is in him and his word, and you live that as we're talking about with faith, because you got to put actions to it. He says he won't let the player come near you. So why are you so afraid? I don't understand it, huh? Maybe you've been fake this whole time and really don't trust God. And that's all it showed was who really trusts God and who really doesn't. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is if you made it alive through COVID, you need to work on your trust with God because it's low. COVID was oh. the great exposer. It exposed it everything was. politically, scientifically, medically, um, yeah. you name it. It exposed everything. It was great. I loved it. I, I, I did too. I, I knew it was coming and they planned the whole thing. I knew it was coming. Like it didn't yeah. surprise me at all. That's why I had total faith. COVID's 99.9% .9 survivable and people, they wanted you to think that people were dying left and right from the disease when they didn't tell you they were dying from the medical treatments they were giving you. That's, <laughs> and so I just laughed it off and I told everybody around me, my family and friends, I'm like, don't you dare believe one thing that's coming out of their mouths. They're liars. Yeah. And you know, Miko, the black community, I've, I've said this is the most racist uh, disease ever perpetrated upon mankind. <laughs> I go shopping on a daily basis, and the only people I see wearing masks are black Americans. I know. I'm like, 
like, could y'all take the mask off? <laughs> it's because they told the black community. What's wrong with y'all? It is. <laughs> they told the black community this is the worst thing. It's it's worse for for black Americans than the white folks. You're all gonna die from it. Like it's just it it was terrible what they've done. It's and I see. The, oh my gosh! And I see the fear in their eyes every time I go to the store. I'm like, I can't believe they're falling yeah. for it. So why? Yeah. Like knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, anyway. No, my thing is, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get back. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that yeah. all night. <laughs> uh, so we'll go back to James chapter two, and then um, I'm going to pick up at verse twin, uh, 22 because okay. we were talking about Abraham, and I wanted to explain Abraham so that this would make sense. So 22 is talking about Abraham. It says, "You see that his faith worked with his actions." By the actions, the faith was made complete. If you jump to 26, he says, indeed, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so too faith without actions is dead. So that's what we have to understand. The actions that we are acting in is not just whatever I, I feel like doing today. It's I have to get a specific promise from God. What is it that you need to receive from God? That's what you need to figure out, number one. And then you need to go into that Bible and pull as many scriptures as you can. It doesn't have to be a thousand. You can get two, three good ones. I like to go overboard and see everything that he said <laughs> just for to fill my head up with it. And then once you pull those scriptures, yes, this is going to require some effort on your part. Because that's a dirty word with the church, effort, work. Oh, I'm man. You're going to have to dig in that Bible and you make you a list of scriptures that you're going to meditate on every day. For something that is specifically God promised that you can have that for your situation that you're facing. So whether it's healing, whether it's deliverance, whether it's um, depression that you're dealing with and you need to grab scriptures that deal with peace and joy and all these different things that he has already purchased. And then you got to meditate in that every day. And that needs to become more real than what you are experiencing. You need to speak in agreement and then you need to act in agreement with that. So we're going to go a little bit deeper to show you that Faith requires actions in obedience to the word of God. So now we're going to go to Galatians chapter five and look at verse six. And we're going to look at this in the King James version because it words it very specifically. So in Galatians chapter five, verse six, this says here. Oh, let me know when you're there too. Yeah, I'm there. Yep. Oh, uh, are you in the KJV? I think so. It looks like it says Torah, so that may be. Oh, what the heck? I changed it. Why didn't I? <laughs> you just got to hit, yes, search I... after you change it. Oh, maybe that's what I didn't do. Okay. And then yeah, said... I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that. Okay. okay. Sorry. No, you're cool. So this says here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. Oop. You're good. Yep. I'm, not on, I'm not on the ball. No, you're good. It's you know, I'll okay. tell you, Miko, the problem is it's the King James Version. I just don't understand. Ah, you hate it, right? <laughs> we won't be in here long. Uh, all right. So this says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. So it's just basically saying whether you circumcise or not, whether you are Jew or you are Gentile, that means nothing to Christ because he came to save everybody. But then verse, the, the second part of this says, but faith, work which worketh by love. That's what we need to focus on. Because again, we're talking about this law of faith. So, so far we know faith comes by hearing, present tense, the word. And faith, we exercise it by acting in obedience to the word. 
But we want to we want to see more than one scripture that say that. So this scripture says faith works by love. The question becomes, how do I as a human being get involved in loving God? Glad you asked, because God tells us how. <laughs> Let's go to John chapter 14. And that's uh, New King James? Yes, we're going to go back to New King James. We're going to get out of that KJV that you hate. <laughs> I don't hate it. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> so, so we're going to go to New King James. Okay, okay so we're going to go to John chapter 14. And I'm going to jump around for those that are following with us. I'm going to be reading verse 15. Then I'm going to jump to 21 and 23. So in John chapter 14, verse 15, this is Christ talking. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What he's saying is, if you truly love me, you're going to obey my commandments. You're going to obey my word. You're not going to argue against it. You're not going to be selective and say, I'm going to do some of what you said, but not all of what you said, because it's 2022. We going into 2023 and things have changed. No, his word is eternal. It doesn't change. That's what we have to understand. So he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we jump to verse 21, Christ says here, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So Paul, so far we saw two verses that says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, Galatians 5 and 6 said, faith works by love. Faith works when I put actions to the word of God. Boom. That's basically what James told us. So we're going to read verse 23 to keep this train going. So Christ is still talking in John chapter 14, verse 23. He says, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So what you need to focus on, on verse 15, 21, 23, he said three times, if you love me, you're going to keep, you're going to obey my word. Well, in Galatians chapter five and six, God reveal, reveals that faith works by love, which means faith works by obedience to my word. And James said, without actions to the word of God, without actions, your faith is dead. But we're going to keep this train going. Let's look at a couple of more scriptures to back this up. That's Faith works by love, meaning it works when we obey the word of God. Um, that love is obeying the word of God. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3. My, um, I'm having trouble with my drop-down menus. I, ever since they did an update on Bible Gateway, I don't know if you noticed this, but on my, especially on my phone, there's mm -hmm. lots of things that don't work the way they used to. <laughs> so oh. getting to the chapters sometimes is kind of a pain, but okay, I'm there now. So. That's okay. Yeah. I can slow down. I can okay. take a breather. Okay. First uh, John 5, 3. Okay. So in first John 5 and 3, this reveals, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. So here God is saying, again, the, the message is consistent throughout everyone that's transcribing his word. If you love God, you're going to obey his word. But let's also go to one more scripture that's talking about love is obeying the word of God. We're going to go to 2 John chapter 1 and verse 6. 2 John chapter 1 and verse 6 says this. This is love that we walk 
according to his commandments. That means obedience. This is the commandment that as you have heard from me, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So again, faith works by love. Well, what is love? Love is when I obey the word of God. James said that we are to put action in motion to faith. Well, how does faith come? Faith comes when I'm hearing the word of God. So faith is produced. The only originator of faith is the word of God. And for that word to work in my life, I got to put actions to that word. I got to obey that word. I just can't sit there and read the word and say, that's nice. And then go out the door and do whatever the heck I want to do. And then think that God's promises are going to manifest in my life. He says, not so. He said, I got this thing fixed that if you truly don't love me, you will never see my promises. Hmm. Think about that. That's not a word people want to hear, but it's so true. Like, I don't know what makes us think this is a perfect being. He's not like us. We're made in his image, but he's not like us. He's perfect. And I think, I think this has been a big problem in the church. I think Christians think that perfect means that, you know, well, I can, I can do this and do this because we're comparing ourselves to others. I've often said it's like golf. If you know anything about golf, a hole in one is like, you know, that's the greatest thing that could happen on a golf course. But if I said to somebody that's a golfer, hey, what's the perfect score on a golf game? You know, they might say, oh, man, if I shot like, you know, par 72, that'd be perfect. Or if someone said, you know, man, if, you know, maybe they're a scratch golfer and they're like, yeah, you know, if I could go real low, if I shot like a 62, you know, that'd be that'd be unbelievable. No, a perfect score in golf is 18. Mm. <laughs> so is that ever going to happen? No, it's impossible. No one's ever going to shoot 18. And that's what, you know, Christ is. Christ is the perfect score. So we yeah. can't. That's why there's the great, that's why he gave us grace and mercy because he knew we couldn't measure up to that, but we don't get to think of him and say, well, you know, he'll just let this go or he doesn't mind that or this. No, he's right. not. He, yes, there's grace that covers us. Thank God. But if you, if you're looking for things to manifest in your life, looking for things to open doors to open up, things like that, then there is a greater level of faith. That's a greater level, um, I guess, yeah, faith to go deeper into him and know there's a, sometimes there's a greater cost that comes with that because you have to, you have to persecute the flesh. You have to crucify the flesh. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's something, hmm, I'm trying to think, have I ever heard a pastor preach that? <laughs> I don't think I have. No, but, uh, maybe Paul Washer, Paul Washer, he always seems to <laughs> have studies like you that. gotta get yourself to one of those full gospel churches down yeah. in the city yeah yeah true you'll, yeah. Hear, you'll hear the word there <laughs> you'll hear the word there it honestly you you go into some of those churches and you'll leave either inspired or terrified <laughs> matt would know matt you just got revelation or you feel like you are completely doomed matt travels all over the place don't you i do he's at a different church every week I do. Yeah. Who, what's your pastor's name? Maybe uh, Miko knows her. Her name is Lisa Reeves. Okay. I, I don't know many people, so no, okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, she's she's very well connected in the city. Okay. You know, uh, so we do a we do a, a, I guess kind of more an evangelistic approach to church. Okay. So okay. we go to different churches. Like, I mean, there's some that we we revisit mm -hmm. a lot, but we go to different churches sometimes every Sunday. Okay. Um, you know, from all the way from Lennon, Michigan to Plymouth to, you know, downtown Detroit, Livonia, Southfield, like 
all over. We get around. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's cool. I mean, I like it. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. You definitely can. Yeah see a lot of different people and talk to a lot of different people so yeah 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 you get to hear some you know you get to hear a different take on things yeah um you know a, a different a different method of delivery a different teaching style yeah. you can, when you go into those churches that have southern baptist influence mm -hmm. you can really i mean you can really tell and so because i go around to all these different churches i've started to understand what the influence in the foundation of that church is yeah where it came from yeah you know because we think that's just different teaching styles based on well you know that's the white church or that's the black church no there's more to it than that yeah. there's more to it than that yeah um you know there's there, there's influences a lot of a lot of the black churches are in are influenced with a southern influence you know it's, it's very um one of the things i found so interesting is it's very it's very much so based on an honor system they're very honoring of everything mm -hmm. and so that's that's totally different than if you go into a white church if you go into a white church the pastor's the man how sad is but, it that that we're calling it white and black church like how sad is that well we're the body of christ sad. there's neither male nor female there's neither greek the nor Jew. i know it's sad you know it's... i go into some of these churches and it's like the record skips <laughs> they're like what who is this dude and why is he here down here at Finkel and Myers? <laughs> I'm here to, I'm here to, I'm here to wake you guys up <laughs> and I'm hoping that in some way you wake me up too. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, it's really what it comes down to, but unfortunately that's the way that it is. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's this, there's this invisible barrier that somehow, somehow keeps trying to keep us apart. Yeah. But if there's enough of us that'll, that'll keep stepping through that, that that wall of fear mm -hmm. and push through yeah hey it's amazing when you get around these people and they're like hey yeah he's not mean he's not judgmental this guy's not racist yeah this guy's awesome i love this guy and i'm like yeah yeah for sure yep <laughs> you know i mean it's amazing but we just we live our lives a lot of us based on preconceived notions and mm -hmm. the failings of history mm-hmm yeah and definitely we need to get out of that. And like we just mm -hmm. saw one of the scriptures, Christ said, hey, I don't care what your background is. I am here. Y'all all need to be saved, basically. We're better together. We, yeah, we all come together and do what this scripture says. If we truly love God, those barriers, those separations, that segregation, that all falls away. Because, hey, if we were to get a sneak peek into heaven, there's people from all different nationalities, backgrounds, oh, yeah. and they're all together. So... Oh yeah. I've been in, I've been in sanctuaries like that. And it's like, you take a look around and it's like, okay, this is, this is what heaven looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven doesn't have the whites on that side and the blacks on that side. Yeah. We're all here together. Exactly. It's just, I don't know. It's a really shallow existence to still live in that headspace, especially in the church, but well, it's some habits die hard. It's a very effective tool of Satan. And if, my tool that I'm using is effective. I'm not about to stop using it because it's 2022 going into 2023. Mm -hmm. So that's something that he's been able to very uh, effectively use to separate people and to keep them bound, which is again, why we need to come out of this mindset of not meditating in the word of God and seeing what he has to say. Because when you really come into getting into the word, because God is the word according to John one and one, 
then all of that melts away. All of that right. falls away. And it's just about being and doing who God has called us to be. And none of those things would ever exist or none of those things would even matter. Let me put it like that. It wouldn't even be a focus. So that would be yeah. an afterthought. I mean, I see it. I see it firsthand on both sides of it. I yeah. mean, I've gone in, I've gone into churches and I've been my, myself and my wife, we've been welcomed with open arms, but you can look around the room and see there are people in that room that aren't too happy about us being there. Yeah. And that's their problem, right? You know, exactly. <laughs> You're not stealing my shine. It's exactly. fine. I'm good with it. <laughs> exactly. You know, but it's the same thing. Like, um, you know, originally we were members, we've been members of several churches, but they were predominantly white churches. You know, it was before we really started to get that spiritual hunger. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to understand, like, you know, what is this, what does this walk with life really mean? Mm -hmm. You know, like I want to, we want to, we want to go where we, where we're being fed, where we're, where we're, where we're becoming spiritually strong, where we're being challenged, mm -hmm. you know? And so we, we eventually, you know, evolved into where we are now, but we still have maintained relationships from previous churches and they hear about what we're doing and they're, it like breaks their mind. Mm -hmm. They're like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean that you have a pastor that is a black woman that doesn't have a church and you go to other churches, it's like, I might as well tell them that I picked up heroin yeah. <laughs> because they yeah. can't yep. understand it. Yeah. They're yeah. just like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. It's like, but again, here we are at the same situation. Yeah. I'm not looking for you to get it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm looking for me to get it. I don't need you to understand. Exactly. I mean, if, if honestly, these are the same people that, probably would have their minds blown in some of the churches that we've been in and seen some of the things that we've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, just knocked out on the floor, like entire rooms mm -hmm. because the spirit is just moving there, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I never saw that in any of the white churches. They're way too stuffy. They're too conservative. Yeah. You know, it's too much about, it's too much about image. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not across the board. That's not everybody. No, yeah. You know, I mean, that's we don't blanket statement anything. I'm, yeah. I'm not really about that. I can't, I can't stand that fact. But just in my experience, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church with a six foot four, like beanstalk, skinny dude with round glasses and curly hair, and this guy would, I mean, when he preached, you couldn't fall asleep. I'll tell you what. I mean, he brought out that praise Jesus, you know, like fired up, fired up. When I was a kid, it scared me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just like, is, I don't know why he's yelling all the time. And the key is just basically what <laughs> God has shown me is coming out of traditions, whatever your traditions are, and getting back to the word of God. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what matters. That's what God grades us Not any of these other facades and things that Satan gets us to focus on. It's all the focus is his word. And so yeah, yeah. the enemy we went to uh, we don't focus. Right. We went to a, we went to a, a pretty big Pentecostal church and um my wife and I were pretty highly involved and I always wore suits and long sleeves, you know, cuz I just it was very formal. Um at least that's what I thought it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And then we we had like a church picnic and I showed up in short sleeves. And half the people, their mind was blown because I'm tattooed. Mm -hmm. 
they were like you have you have you have tattoos it's like no i i drew these on before i came here because i kind of wanted to confuse you guys like, yeah i have tattoos it is what you know it is what it is yeah but they just had this impression of me and they were just like yeah. whoa 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 you have tattoos yeah you're a secret sinner <laughs> secret. am i <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Yeah, that's Rob, Robert was texting me. Oh, okay. Uh, he couldn't. He he was on the road or something, so he couldn't oh, join us. So no problem. Yep. But I'm yeah, too bad, Robert. But yeah. one thing I, I do want to say, um, because a lot of people ask this question. So if you are experiencing doubt or fear, does that mean that you don't have faith? And so what we have to understand is you can have both at the same time, but it's going to contradict. It's going to counteract, counterbalance each other, and so. What I mean by that, let me state this. So if I was to pour both of you a glass of orange juice and say, hey, you know, you're parched, you need something to drink. I say, hey, here's some orange juice and you drink it and you're like, oh my God, that is so refreshing. And I'm like, wait a minute, I got something to add to that. And I pull out a bottle that has skull and bones on it, which is poison. <laughs> and I take a dropper and put one drop in Gino's drink and one drop in Matt's drink and say, drink up. You would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa this drink is now contaminated. I'm not drinking this. And that's what fear and faith, that is what fear and doubt does to our faith. It doesn't eliminate it. It contaminates it so that it doesn't work. So that's why God said you can have, you, you have to have no doubt to receive anything from me because now your faith is going to be contaminated by this doubt and you can't receive anything from me. And we got to get rid of the fear because we know fear is a spirit and it doesn't come from God. So I want to make sure people understand that because I know that scripture where the father said, I believe, but have my unbelief. And that's where the meditating in his word comes to drown out that doubt and that fear so that it doesn't exist. And the only thing that that is there is God's word. I think you're about to say something, Gino. Well, I, it was funny because I've used that analogy too with one drop, but I, I used toilet water instead of. Ah! Toilet water. <laughs> nice. So let's Sorry. go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Oops. Hebrews? Okay, hold on. I yep. went to the wrong Hebrews, one. Hebrews 11 and 6. And I'm going to read this in the New King James Version. 6. 11 and 6. Okay, here we go. So this says in Hebrews 11 and 6, this is uh, what God reveals to us, but without faith, again, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And then the way that we exercise faith is by acting in obedience to that word we're hearing. So basically, this is saying without faith is saying without corresponding actions to my word, it is impossible to please him, it says. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So look at this picture. This is the picture God painted for me. It says in John 1 and 1 that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So when I come to God, what I'm doing is coming to the word. And I'm saying, yo, I need counsel on what to do in my life because I'm faced with tests, trials, persecution, affliction, doubt, fear, depression, all these different things. Lord, help me. Because that's what prayer, tell me what to do. As the word of God, he gives you a word and tells you. And then you walk away 
and do absolutely nothing he says. Why are you coming to me? Basically is what he's saying. Because the way that faith works is I give you a word so that you can hear the word and then you're supposed to go back and follow that word until I give you more what to do. But if we're not doing that, again, this is why we don't see the word of God manifested in our life or coming to pass because everything that we get from God is a word that we have to act on. So, um, is anyone gonna say something before I keep no, going? No, okay, also, so, also. therefore, according to the law of faith, because again, what we have to understand is if we go against this law, don't expect nothing. That's the expectation God wants everybody to walk away with tonight. So therefore, according to the law of faith, whoever is presently hearing God's word, believes it, and decides to respond by putting corresponding actions to that word that they're hearing, they're going to experience manifestation of that word in their life, meaning they're going to be blessed. They're going to be empowered to thrive, to prosper, to succeed, because the word that was invisible, immaterial, has now become manifested in your life for you to benefit from it. Because think about it. My five senses can't detect the word of God. It can't detect the healing he's already purchased. It can't detect the promises that he has laid out for me in his word. The only thing that God has given us in this earth realm to detect his word is faith. And the faith originates from his word that we're hearing. See how that works. Mm -hmm. So we got to know his word. I can't trust someone every Sunday and Wednesday or whenever you go to church to give me the word. I don't go back and fact check to see if God really said that because I could be living my life on a lie that God never said. And guess what? He's not about to perform none of them lies because he never said it. He's only going to perform his word. A disciple of Christ is someone who is a student, a follower of Jesus Christ. That is the expectation for us to say, I sign up to be a student for the rest of my life to either you catch me away or I die and go to be with you. Because if you don't, you're going you gonna to find out you miss out on a lot of things you could have had in this earth that could have made your life be a bit more smoother for you to have Zoe life, meaning life to the full and in abundance. So I want to get back to what I stated earlier. I stated that there is a difference between believing and having faith. So now that we see how faith is exercised and how it comes, I really want to point this difference out. And um, then we'll see where we are Um I can stop there if you want for tonight and I can do more in that. Well, it's up to you. I mean, I've got all the time in the world. So <laughs> if you want to finish out the teaching, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear this. But uh, I, if you have to go somewhere or have something to do, I understand too. So no, 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 no. Okay. okay. So, um, so here's the thing. Let's talk about belief and faith. So there is a difference. So as I stated earlier, to believe is to accept, to admit, and acknowledge that God said something. To have faith is to trust the word of God that you're hearing so much so to the point that you obey that word. You put corresponding actions to the word. And there is a difference, and James points that out. So go to James chapter 2 and 19, and we're going to look at this in the New King James Version. We're going to go to James chapter 2 and 19. And this says here, you believe that God is one. Oh, are you there? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So let me pause and really explain this. I say this scripture for a particular reason, because we already were in James. 
James 2 and 17 said that faith without actions is dead. He makes a statement in 18 and then we get to 19 because he's pointing out that believing is different than having faith. Demons believe in God. They believe he said a whole lot of stuff. Satan believes in God and no, he said a whole lot of stuff and they will admit, accept and acknowledge. Yeah, God said that. Satan said to Eve, all these trees, you can't eat from this. You can eat from that tree. Go ahead, get some fruit. Satan full well knew that God said you can't eat from that tree. He was lying to her. So he had to accept and admit and acknowledge the fact that God said you can't do this to now come to us to tempt us to do what we know, what he know we can't do. So he's admitting all day long that God says stuff. I believe God said it. But I don't exercise faith because I don't do nothing he tell me to do. That's what Satan say. Demons. I know God said it. I believe it. But I don't do nothing he tells us to do. We operate contrary to God and we get humanity to do the exact same thing. So what he's pointing out is demons, Satan, they all believe, they accept, they admit, and they acknowledge, but they don't put actions to none of God's word, which means they don't exercise faith. So here's what you need to understand. You can believe without exercising faith, but you can't have faith without belief. Because I need to believe the word of God I'm hearing before I decide to act on it. Let me say that one more time. You can have belief without faith, but you cannot have faith without belief. They go together, but they're not the same thing. So let me pause and see if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And you know that that's crazy. We had a um, satanic high priest on a while back on my other show. And he was former, I should say. Um, he was one of only 10 or less in the world that attained that position of high wizard, they called him. And they were doing all kinds of abominable stuff. And one thing that shocked me was he said that he was signing re uh, recording artists to contracts. And they would send him out first and they would have to sign a blood contract. And he says when they were, what they would do is they would cut their thumb and then put blood on three different pages. And each, each page was a statement saying this is the part that shocked me like the first one said um something like i jesus didn't die for my sins and then you would stamp it sign it and stamp it with your thumb then the next one was something you know there was two other ones i don't remember what they were but what shocked me i asked him i said wait a minute time out i said so they these the satanic church actually believes that jesus did these things they're just saying we're not we we're not going to have faith in it, right? Like so, that's exactly what you're saying. I mean, yep. that's it's yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It, it, it really, really is. Uh, let me. This may be controversial. I don't care. He's telling me to go here, so let's go here because I want to point this out, and then we'll get back on track. I'll just let you read it. I won't. Okay, yeah. we're talking about believing, and then I'm going to go to Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to read verse 16 and 17 uh so let me go there this says here in mark 16 verse 16 and 17 and this is jesus christ talking so again either we believe what he say or we're not gonna do it it's up to you i could hear less i'm gonna make it so verse 16 says and this is christ talking he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned why because if I don't believe what you say, I'm not about to put no actions to what you just told me to do. 
that's why he says in the first part, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. You're going to hear my word and you're going to hear what I tell you about baptism. And either you're going to believe it, accept, admit, acknowledge that what I said is a fact. It, it not, well, not a fact, it's true because the difference between facts and truth. You're going to accept, admit, and acknowledge that what I said is true. And then I'm going to be obedient to what your word says or I'm not. So that's why he says in the second part, he who does not believe will be condemned. But then it says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Well, who are the ones that believe? The ones that got baptized. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And then it goes on at 18 to say, they shall take up serpents and not be harmed. If they drink anything deadly, they will not die. And when they lay hands on the sick, they will recover. So he's making a difference between someone believing and someone exercising faith. And that's all throughout scriptures. It's just that people have not been able to see it. But he put it all throughout scripture. This is believing. This is faith. This is believing. This is faith. You do need to have belief to exercise faith, but you can have belief and absolutely exercise no faith. And that's the point. If you go back and read James chapter two, you will see that clearly the revelation that God gave him to reveal. Um, so let me go a little bit further and kind of just summarize what we looked at so far. So again, faith comes by hearing the word of God. I'm not hearing the word of God to be like, oh, that's so poetic. <laughs> that is so comforting that he said that to me. No, we're hearing the word because we need to listen to obey. That's the expectation of the relationship. Listen to what I say, obey it. Listen, obey, listen, obey. So faith equals hearing the word of God plus believing the word of God plus acting upon the word of God. That's faith. Now, if I have no word from God, that will equal no faith because faith comes from hearing the word of God. Faith is derived from the word. So if I have no word, I'm going to have no faith. And that also means I'm going to have no manifestations of God in my life. So anytime you're going through something in your life, God says you need to open up that Bible and find a receipt. That is what a scripture is. It is a receipt for what he already purchased for you. And you know that it exists because you got the scripture. You just can't see it because the word is invisible. But if you put corresponding thoughts, speech, and action to those words consistently, that word is going to manifest in your life in a tangible way where you can then benefit from it. So I will pause there and see if there's any thoughts, questions, or comments. It just reminds me of a uh, three-legged stool. I mean, if any of those legs aren't there, that stool's not going to hold you up. So, yeah, I mean, you got to have all three working together to give you the foundation so okay. you can you can defeat those, uh, you know, the enemies or whatever's in, in your path. And you do see that, you know, it's interesting you bring all that up because you just think of all the men and women of faith in the Bible and all three of those are active. And a lot of them in the Old Testament before Jesus manifested. Yeah. I was about to. When the, when the Lord showed me this, he said, go back. And then now I want you to read Hebrews chapter 11, which is famously mm -hmm. called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And when you go read that, it's amazing. Because it's just like, oh, my God. It was all here all the time. But it's not all in Hebrews, how faith comes, how you exercise faith. And what faith is. And that's where we're getting ready to go. What faith is. It's, it's scattered throughout the Bible. But what we have to understand is the Bible is just one big conversation that God is having. If I stop reading it, I walked out in the middle of his conversation. If I come in in the middle, I miss the beginning of his mm -hmm. conversation. 
if I don't stay to the end, I miss the very important things that he said at the end. So you can't think that you can just pick up the Bible, read one or two scriptures, and I know what he said about this subject. No, because when you talk about faith, he talking about it in Hebrews. He talking about it in James. He talking about it in Romans. He talking about it in Old Testament. He talking about it in almost every book. So now you didn't miss part of the conversation because you just stuck in this one book and this one chapter. And that's the problem because God is expecting us to live by faith. But how can I, if I didn't even know these things, most people that say that they are believe, most people who say they're walking by faith, when you talk to them, they're really just believing. Mm -hmm. That's why people are dead now from COVID. That's why people have not received healing or all these different things. You was a believer. You wasn't a person of faith. And that is a huge difference. And we got to understand that. So, great you're a believer move past that to being a person of faith because what god is looking for is for us it says that the just shall live by faith and there are so many scriptures that said we are to live by faith not just belief because faith is more than believing it is putting actions to which you say you believe why believe it if you're not going to act on it that is the question god is asking humanity you know, um, an atheist or an agnostic might say, well, you know, if God, if God's real, why doesn't he just show himself? Why doesn't yeah. he just come and say, here I am, I believe in me, you know, then I'd believe. Well, that's not true. You wouldn't yeah. believe anyway, because Jesus said to, um, I think it was to the Pharisees, he actually said, if, if someone came and died and rose again on the third day, you wouldn't believe, <laughs> you know, he basically told them what was going to happen and they didn't believe. Yeah. So it's not about seeing is believing. Because yep. we can be deceived by our eyes very easily. Yep. I think I think um, God leaves things to faith because that's how you build a relationship with Him. That's how it's it's a marriage. We have to remember it's a marriage. He's he's the groom, we're the bride. And if we're adulterous and we're running around with the world and doing things out, yep. you know, we're, he's he's not going to operate in our life because we're we're tasting and seeing that the world is good, so to speak, even though it really isn't. We're being tempted yep. and and deceived. Um, and it's just, you know, like I, I've often used it in real marriage. If I was running around on my wife, is she going to, I mean, does she want to stay with me? She might, she might forgive me, but if I kept doing it, she's going to be like, get out. Like, are you crazy? Like <laughs> it would be insane. And I think, I don't know, but some, for some reason, believers just think like they can run around on God yeah, and he's not going to care. And that relationship's a million times more greater than any relationship on earth, you know, infinite. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point that you make. Uh, there are expectations, and as Matt said, there's accountability that God is holding us responsible for. Because, again, it's a covenant. It's two people coming together saying, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. God said, I will die for you, and I'm going to redeem you by having blood to pay for all of your sins. Your part of the covenant is to love me. Well, what is love? I'm going to listen to your word, and I'm going to obey it. Right. It's simple, but it's not always easy because you got the enemy coming against you. Father Larry said in the chat, uh, he says, belief but not living in faith is the exact reason that Matthew states that all are invited, but few will make it through the narrow gate. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Because when you start to look at how many people are on the same path, if you are listening to the word and obeying it, when you look around, there's a lot of room to stretch your arms. 
because most people are on that other road that is wide and broad and is leading to destruction. That's telling them you can do what you want, when you want, how you want. You can do part of God's work. You don't have to do all of God's work. And so they're over there because they're like, yeah, this feels good to me. Mm-hmm. When you're on the straight and narrow path, it doesn't feel good, as you said, Gino. It's uncomfortable. Like, I got to get my life together. As Matt said, I got to start looking inwardly and start holding myself accountable for the things that I'm not doing and for the sloppy life that I may be living or, you know, the not not fully being dedicated to God as I should be. Not really studying like I should be studying to really know what his word says. Like, there are expectations that God has of us. It's not just, I, I'm a genie. I do everything for you and you sit back and chill. And that's how a lot of people view God as this genie. And that's why they don't have all the things that he has purchased for them to have. It's so, that. So, Miko, you're not preaching out of uh, Joel Osteen's Your Best Life Now book in, in your church? Absolutely hmm. not. Hmm, okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, I had a feeling that was coming. I had a feeling that was coming. Matt knows me too well already. I was like, where is it? Come on. Come on. I, I think I get is. that out almost every show. No, I don't. <laughs> there it is. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So let's answer the third question then, because I think we normally go to about what, 10? So. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, we can go to, I, like I said, I don't, unless Matt's got something to do. I mean, he's on or vacation. We can, or, I, or we can come back next time in six weeks. Then I can well, I don't want people to, to miss this. I like it all contained in oh, one oh, package okay. so they can gotcha. get it all. all right. yeah. This won't be too much longer. I only got like four more slides. Okay. okay. So I'll answer this pretty quickly, but going through a lot of scripture. <laughs> so faith, what is it? So we talked about the first question. How does faith come? By hearing present tense, the word of God. How do you exercise faith? By putting corresponding actions to the word of God you're hearing. So then what is faith? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I'm going to read this in the New King James Version, but then we're going to break this down because a lot of people quote this scripture and then when I say explain it, they can't. Mm-hmm. So then you don't understand it. So this can't help you if you don't understand scripture that you can quote, but you, don't, but you can't explain. Right. So Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. Now faith, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let me overall state some things about this whole scripture, and then we're going to go with the first part and then the second part. Faith is the substance, and it's the evidence. When I hear substance, when I hear evidence, that's another word for manifestation. Tangible. Get that in your mind, yes. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, the question becomes, since faith is a substance of things hoped for, what am I hoping for? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to scripture because God wants to tell you what you should be hoping for so that your faith can give substance to it. So we're going to start out in Psalms chapter, uh, Psalms 119. And we're going to look at three different verses, but I'm going to start out in Psalms 119 and look at verse 114 in the New King James Version. 119. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. So Psalm 119 and verse 114. It's funny you forget that the Psalms have so many. Uh (laughs) Okay, there we are. So verse 14 says, the psalmist says here to God, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. This is the first scripture telling us 
our hope needs to come from the word of God. Remember, we, I said, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we should read 113 too. I think oh, that's go pretty, ahead. Well, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You know, that's, I think this yes. is, is this David writing this psalm? I think this is David. Scroll um, back up to the top. Let's yeah, see. Um, I can't remember. This is... Meditations of the Excellence of the Word of God. Doesn't oh. make it clear. I'd have to okay. look that up. But yeah, I find that very interesting that it says that right before. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you pointed when... that out. Because we talked about double-minded. Right. Hey, that's doubt. You got to get rid of that. And what's yeah. going to help that. See, here's the thing. Doubt, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hope killer. Hmm. But if I, again, if I'm meditating in the Word, what hope is, let me define that. It is to have an expectation to look for something to come. Well, I don't know to look for healing to come if I don't know that God's a healer. I don't know to look to be delivered from the situation if I don't know that he helps the righteous in times of trouble and will deliver them from everything. I don't know that that I can have peace in my mind if I don't realize that God purchased for me to have peace that the world can't give. And if I keep my mind stayed on him, I will have perfect peace. I don't know that I can have joy if I don't know that Hey, in the presence, in his presence is fullness of joy. I got to know all these things to study in the word to be like, oh, these are all the things that I can have. Now that I know that God wants me to have them and I can literally have them, I'm expecting to get this. Mm -hmm. So I always give this example. When people order off Amazon, nobody is like, oh my God, I ordered something <laughs> and I put my credit card on there. I wonder if it's going to come and you sit in doubt like, oh my God, is it coming? Is it coming? No, you are confident. You go on Amazon, you put a couple of things in your cart, you put your credit card in, you purchase, and you're like, in two days, it's about to be here. And you so confident. And guess what? In two days, it show up. Well, if you can put that kind of confidence in Amazon, whoa on you if you can't put that in God. Oh, man, that's a great analogy. That's <laughs> so, so good. Uh, he already said, here's the receipt. I purchased it. And let me go back in the day for my older saints on here. Remember service merchandise? I used to work there. Yeah, this is the example I used to use. So I love it because it perfectly works for this. So service merchandise, you go in for those who don't understand. You would go in, all the merchandise would be on the shelf. But you couldn't take that because all the product was really in the warehouse. Mm -hmm. So what you had to do was like get a car write the number down of the item, and then you would take that car to the register, you would purchase the item, and then they would move you to another line and say, wait here, they'll get the product from the warehouse and bring it out, same day. Usually take about 10, 15 minutes, maybe that. Mm -hmm. But you were not standing in line at service merchandise like, oh my God, I just gave them my Monday, my money. Are they really <laughs> gonna get it from the back? Is it really here? No, you were confident like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Same deal. You open up the Bible. That's the receipt. That's it has numbers and letters, just like at service merchandise. You was writing numbers and letters down, and then you took and purchased it. Only difference is we not purchasing it. We already got the receipt. So we just pulling numbers and letters saying, Oh, this is what God purchased for me. Healing, joy, peace, deliverance, overcoming. Great. I'll take all of these. Let me put these in my basket. And now I'm gonna step over in this line and through faith is going to go retrieve all that from the back warehouse, which is heaven, and boom, it's going to be in a tangible form that I can manifest and use these things. But all of that expectation is coming from the scriptures of me reading what God has purchased for me, and now I know what to expect.
So hopefully this is helping someone. Oh, that's so good. You know, I, it is so important that we use the imagination God gave us for right, for the rightful things, not, you know, thinking on bad things, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people use it for bad things, but I mean, if we're using it for good and for something we're looking in hope and in belief and in faith, yeah. we're trusting that something's going to manifest. You have to be able to visualize it. Yep. You have to see it like this, yep. this, I was telling you earlier, there's a specific state God has shown me. I've literally thought about that state and like what's in that state and what football teams play there and what the, you know, like just so I can get in my brain that it's a real thing. He's not just. Yep playing around with this state for some reason. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a big deal in, in getting your brain to start believing with your spirit, man. And I'm glad you made that point because remember I said a part of the alignment is your thoughts. The thoughts also includes your imagination. As you just said, you got to see yourself already healed and running and moving. You got to see yourself already delivered. You got to see yourself already um, with that that gloom and doom thrown off of you and you wrapped in the garments of joy and all of these different things. So you have to be able to see that. And one study said that one of the downfalls about education is when you're a child, you're taught to use your imagination, right? But as you start to matriculate through your education, they teach you to put the imagination away and think more logically. So only a small percent of people who have that proclivity to be gifted in that way, they keep their imagination. But the majority of humans lose that imagination when it comes to, as you say, the good things, because that all stress and worry is, is using your imagination for bad. So they lose the ability to, to use the imagination to see the good things and all that they want. And it becomes difficult to receive from God because you need to use your imagination to see yourself already where you are not. God says he calls those things that be not as though they were. He said it's the invisible things that cause the things that you see now. What you see came from the invisible. The spirit realm is the parent realm. The earth realm is the child realm. I am using the word of God, which is invisible in spirit, to create in my physical realm the very thing that I need. That's how that works. But if I don't use my imagination, as Gino said, it's going to be tough for you to get there. Mm -hmm. So let's um, go on in, in Psalm 119. I'm going to read verse 74. 74. Okay. And then after this, stay up because I'm going to move to verse 81 after that. Okay. So Psalm 119 and 74 says, those who fear you being God will be glad when they see me. Because I have hoped in your word. Let's go to verse 81. 81 says, my soul thanks for your salvation. Meaning I'm weak until that salvation comes, but I'm not giving up. He says, why? Why is he not going to faint? But I hope in your word. Let me state this because I was just teaching this on Monday. You know, Miko, I think it's I think it is important that we need to know that the author of this particular psalm, whether it's David or somebody else, he's speaking of himself. Yep. He's speaking about himself. He's not talking about God. He's not talking about somebody else. He's talking about himself. So he's actually he's convincing himself. I guess yep. would be another way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's going through something, and a lot of times these people were going through attacks and things of that nature. And let's be real, there are some attacks that happen, you feel like fainting. You don't want to faint, 
but you feel like giving up. That's what fake me. I feel like throwing in the towel and giving up. But he said, but I hoped in your work. I I got my eyes in your word, my ears to your word. And it's giving me hope. It's giving me life because you are promising that you will deliver me, that you will be with me, that you won't like abandon me, like all these different things. And it gives me hope to keep going. Even though I feel like fainting and I'm weak and I want to quit, ugh, your word is giving me hope. I'm going to keep going. If we don't stay in his word like that, you going to faint. Like I told Gino, I'm going through a situation and I'm, I'm overcoming, but this has been like two years I've been in this. And I have been in his word all the time and fasting and praying and doing warfare. But I go back to that word all the time and it gives me hope. He's going to deliver me. I'm righteous because I'm living my life according to his word. He said, the righteous shall be delivered. He will not leave you. He said that those that are um, mad against you, incest against you, fighting against you, he said they're going to be as a non-existent a non-existent thing. You're going to look for them and not find them. And I just keep rolling, or rolling those scriptures around in my mind, knowing he's going to deliver me. He's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me, that I'm going to overcome, that my enemies are going to be defeated, that I'm going to look around and they're not going to be there. That gives me hope. And that hope is the catalyst to fuel my belief to now put actions to his word and not just sit back and just give up and quit. So you got to see in that scripture where it says faith is the substance of things hoping, hope for. Faith, you're putting corresponding actions to the word of God is giving substance, is manifesting the very word that you hope to see in your life. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. So now let's go to the second part. Oh, well, let me look at one. Let's go to one more just for overkill. Yep. Oh, I already uh, went to the next Psalm, but that's okay. Go ahead and uh, read it oh. for us. No, that's it. Um, Psalm, okay, I'll read it. Psalm 130 oh, okay. and verse Good. 5. Good. Yep. Psalm 130 and verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. So I need you to see that these people writing in Psalms are continuously saying their hope is coming from the word of God. It's not coming from the doctor. It's not coming from the lawyer. It's not coming from the news. It's not coming from what Jimmy said. It's not coming from what they mama said. That ain't what God said. You better know what God said. And you better make that your hope. Because again, his word is eternal. It's forever settled in heaven. It's a sure guarantee. So if I place my hope in this, the word is never going to change. Which means I don't have to be like, ooh, is this going to happen? Is it going to happen? Did he change? Is it? Did he like erase that word? And did he start over? No. That's why I need to put confidence in that. Because what Jimmy's saying, that's going to change. What the doctor's saying, they don't know. They guessing. What the lawyer's saying, he don't know. He guessing too. God not guessing. He knows. So um, let's go to the second part. Well, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. So, right? That, and if you, if we really do, if we really understood that, that he's he's immovable, he's immutable, we would, theologians would call it. He's unchangeable. Mm -hmm. That that is that's why he's the rock. He's solid. He's the solid foundation because we can trust that it. it doesn't matter whether the whether the word was written two thousand years ago or yep. or thirty five hundred years ago. It doesn't matter. It's the same. Yep, he's absolutely. he's not in time and space. He's outside of that stuff. He's an infinite, eternal being. And mm -hmm. that that always reassures me because I'm like, oh, shoo, I'm glad he's like that. <laughs> like, exactly. That rests my soul, you know? Yeah, because you can depend on him. 
Right. Like there's, and that's why he's like, why are you doubting? Like, I'm never going to change. You know what you're getting with me. Mm-hmm. With some people, you like, I don't know. Did they wake up on the right side of the bed? <laughs> Not with God. He's always consistent. So, all right. So the first part of that in Hebrews 11 and 1 said that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So now we know what we're hoping for are the promises that we find in the word of God. And as we exercise faith from hearing that word that gives us hope, it's going to manifest that word. It's going to give it substance in our life. But let's deal with the last part of that. It's that faith is the evidence of things not seen. What you have to understand is the thing that you want to receive, the promise in God's word, that's what you can't see. But I can see faith. I can hear faith and I can see if you operating in faith. There are some people talking about some, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, but in the next breath, oh my arthritis. Well, now you're claiming the very condition that you're supposed to be getting healed from. you confused. So you're never going to see healing. So you got to watch your words. You got to watch your thoughts. And you got to watch how you're acting. So let's look at two scriptures. And then I'll start to wrap this up. Um, we're going to go to Ephesians again. We saw this earlier, but I want to reiterate this one. Ephesians chapter 1 and 3. Because what we need to see is the things not seen are the spiritual blessings contained in God's word that our faith is going to manifest. So in Ephesians chapter one and three, this says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I want to point out something that I did not yet point out. He's given us every spiritual blessing is in Christ. Well, who is Christ? John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So all of my promises, it says, are in Christ. That's equal to saying, in the word. Hmm. I got to yeah. go to the word. That's a, really, that's a great ahead. point. That's a really good point. Can you repeat that one time? Sure, <laughs> sure. That is really good, yeah. Yeah. So all of our spiritual blessings are in Christ. Christ is the word who became manifested. John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Verse 14 said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Talking about Christ. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, every spiritual blessing has been given to us in Christ. Christ is the word manifest. So every spiritual blessing that we have, we have to find it in the word of God. And that same word is what's going to give us hope. That's going to be the catalyst to fuel our belief, to not operate in obedience to the word of God, to cause that word of promise to manifest in my life. Mm. So that word that is the evidence of what God purchased for me, that's what you need to see. That scripture is evidence for what you cannot see. I can't see the healing, but I got a scripture that say it's real. That's my evidence. I need to place confidence in that. I can't see my deliverance, but I got a scripture that say it's real. That's my evidence of what I can't yet see, but that will manifest in my life. That's what that scripture means. So let's look at one more about these scriptures and that they're in spiritual form. We're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 2 through 4 in the New King James. So again, we're going to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 in the New King James. This says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. 
as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Who is him? Christ. Who is Christ? The word. How do I get knowledge of the word? By studying the Bible. Okay. So what I want you to see is that we saw in Ephesians, he's given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's the other thing I want to point out. The blessings are in heavenly places, not in earthly places. That's why your faith, which is a spiritual tool, has to be used to go grab it from the heavenly places and bring it back into this three-dimensional realm, and then it will manifest because it's not in the earth, it's in heavenly places. But not only that, this scripture backs that up and says that God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of Christ, through the knowledge of the word. Then it says, um, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Pause. God did not just give us promises. He did not just give us precious promises. He did not just give us great precious promises. He gave us promises that ex are exceedingly great and precious. I, you can't even comprehend that. No. Then it says that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. How do I grab hold of these exceedingly great and precious promises and all things that pertain unto life and godliness that are in heavenly places that are not in the earth realm with me currently. I got to use faith. And so think of faith as a sixth sense. Your first one is sight, hearing, smell, taste, and feel. None of that can go into the heavenlies to grab these blessings. You know what can? Faith. And that's why it says we are to walk by faith and not by what we see. What, what our senses can detect. Your senses cannot detect nothing that God has purchased for you. You got to learn to be dominant in faith and cause your five senses to be lowered to faith. And that's when you will be walking in the spirit and not in carnality. So if you walk in carnality, you will never receive any of these things. You got to rise above carnality and get in the spirit and operate that way using your faith through the Holy Spirit to grab all of these things that God has already, everything you need for life and godliness, he's already made available. It's in a storehouse in heaven and your faith has to go get it. That's the only way you're going to get it. So I'll pause there. Oh man, that was so much, so good though. Like, I love how you broke it all down into the three categories because it, I don't, this is like a fundamental to our faith, obviously. Faith, I use the word faith, as in our belief system, right? Um, it's so critical that we understand this because this is the key. Yep. I mean, how many times did Jesus say, oh, ye of little faith? And I know a lot of people say, oh, no, even if you have a little faith, it's good. Okay, well, it's better than none. But Jesus, yeah. Jesus, every time he said that, he was criticizing them. <laughs> it wasn't and then even the the scripture about the mustard seed isn't usually what people say it is oh mm -hmm. if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain yep that's that uh, the mustard seed we all know grows into it was at that time the biggest tree in in uh israel um so he's saying yeah it's it's okay to start there. that's not where you're gonna stay mm -hmm. you're gonna grow into this massive tree of faith yep and if you don't understand that if you if you think you know you just walk through life you're gonna be defeated so often 
Um, and I'm, I'm pretty, actually, I'm preaching to myself here. I mean, because look, I struggle with stuff too. I mean, I'm not like some super Christian and I just walk through life, you know, with this big S on my chest and, oh man, everything's great. No, I'm going through stuff. And a lot of it's Isn't my it own. Isn't how people think that though? Oh yeah. I mean, just cause you're, you know, you're on some stupid internet show and <laughs> you're talking to people like <laughs> I've heard, Oh, well you, you don't know. No, I do. Trust me. I'm just regular guy. And, 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 but you have to humble yourself. And even though I've been a Christian for 20 years, it doesn't mean I know everything. Like I, you have to understand you can always learn and go deeper. Even something like this faith where I've heard it a million times, but to the way Miko broke it down tonight was like, I, my, my mind started open. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even, you know, I just, I never looked at it from that angle. Like it's, it can really help us to heal our own minds that aren't, let's face it, the mind, that's the part we're all wrestling with. And if you yep. don't understand you're a spiritual being, but you're still stuck in a tent, yep. this fleshly body that's prone to corruption and sin and all these other things of the world. I, you know, I always equate it to like two chains stuck to my brain going right to the, to the soil. Like I'm just like anchored to this ground. If, if you get in that mindset and it's easy to get depressed in this world, it's easy to get yep. down. Yep. I mean that we can all do that at any moment, just easily fall into the, you know, the, the, the corruption in this place. But, but we're called to be above that. We're, we're called to be in heavenly places. And that's what Miko's taught us all night long is how do we get to that heavenly place? It's not going to be done. The five senses thing was a great, that's a great way to picture it because we all understand the five senses. Yep. It's that sixth sense that we need to tap into. Yep. And that's the most important of all, yep. because if we're going to walk in, if we're going to walk in the spirit, that's the one that's required. That's it the is. key. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so important. Um, I'm gonna just say maybe two or three things, just to give really quick examples, because it's just popping in, mm -hmm. in my head. I'm just saying, just to make sure people can see it. Um, if you don't mind, well, it's in one book. So go to Hebrews 11, and I'm just gonna point some things out really quickly. But then I'm gonna have the homework for everyone is to go back and read the rest of the verses. But go to Hebrews 11, and then scroll to verse four, and I'm gonna point something out. And verses maybe four through seven and then you can go and read the rest on your own um and this will be really quick um because you should see it but we've been talking about faith all night so you should get it so faith comes by hearing the word of god you exercise it by putting corresponding action and when you do that it gives substance and evidence to what you're hoping for and and you can't see so Verse four says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. So let's pause. What do we know about Cain and Abel? You're going to have to go back and do your homework, but they both gave God an offering. Genesis didn't tell you why God didn't accept Cain's offering. It tells you why here. That's why you got to read the whole Bible. So they both were able to offer this. They were supposed to give an offering. If you go back and know the history about Abel, he was like, he had animals. That's what he kept. But Cain, he was like uh, an agriculture person. He had like fruits, vegetables, stuff from the ground, right? Okay. So faith, how does faith come? By hearing the word of God. How do you exercise faith? By putting corresponding actions to the word. This tells you here, the, offer, the offering that Abel gave to God was by faith. So what does that mean? Mm -hmm. He was hearing what God said to give, and he gave exactly that. What about Cain? 
can't hurt it, but said, you about to get these fruits and vegetables because that's what I got. And you're going to get this and you're going to like it. And God said, I'm not going to like it and I'm not going to accept it. Actually, I'm going to reject your offering. So much so to the point that it pissed Cain off and he killed his brother. Well, why did he kill his brother? Because his brother was obedient to God. He chose to be disobedient. Mm -hmm. So now we stack and stand on top of sin. Because what did God tell Cain? If you do well, then all things will be well. But if not, sin knocks at the door. What is sin? Disobedience to the word of God. Well, what did God tell him to give? Obviously, he had to do something with animals because that's what Abel brought. But Cain decided that ain't what I'm going to give you. That is the key to understand because he doesn't break it all out. He says by faith. How does faith come? Hearing the word of God. How do I exercise faith? I'll put actions to what that word told me to do. Oh my Let's gosh. Go. Miko, hold on one second. Okay. I have listened to, I don't even know how many sermons about Cain and Abel and what did he do? What didn't he do? All these things. And I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say what you just said. And you're right. You're a hundred percent right. The answer is right in front of us. It's yep, literally right in plain sight. Right like right there. it says right there by faith, able offer to get like <laughs> it's so simple but here's the key gino if i don't know how faith come and how to exercise mm -hmm. it it goes over my head yeah. because what i heard is oh faith is a river running down the mountain and faith well you'll never know what faith is telling them last in the church wow yeah that's insane i i can't believe i i mean i'm matt have you ever heard anybody preach it that way um no I haven't actually. I mean, she made it. She made it pretty plain, and that's what I like. But I mean, have you? I'm sure you've heard every sermon ever written about Cain and Abel. I mean, we all have. I've heard it. Like I don't know I've how heard many. A lot no, of them. but I've yeah. never heard. God literally showed me, and mm -hmm. when like your reaction was just now, Gino, mm -hmm. when God showed me, I said, "Oh my God!" It was <laughs> right there. It's right there the whole time. That's crazy. But he doesn't reveal it in Genesis. Centuries later, he reveals it to the writer in Hebrews, and that writer put it in here. That's why you got to read all of the Bible. You mm -hmm. can't be one. I only read Old Testament. Well, I only read New Testament. You better be reading both Testaments. Right. Man, that's so both. good. That is so good. And can okay. I can I plagiarize? Okay. Can I plagiarize that now? No. Hey, it ain't my word. It's God. <laughs> I know. So. That's good. That's good. <laughs> So let's talk about Enoch real quick. You'll have to go back and study this in Genesis verse five here. And I'll give you a quick synopsis. If you go back and read in Genesis about Enoch, you'll find out that Enoch had a child at 65. And so it talks about, you know, this character called Enoch. And then it says at 65, he had a child named Methuselah. And then it says that he walked with God from there 300 years the total of his life was 365 years and then god said boy come on up here you don't even have to die <laughs> so what we got to understand is he lived for 365 years it said he lived 65 years then had methuselah then walked with god so that means for the first 65 of his life he was not walking with god doesn't tell us why doesn't tell us what he was doing but he was doing his own thing. Something happened at 65 when he had Methuselah and he said, I'm about to have a relationship with you, God. And it said he walked so perfectly with God that God said, 
boy, I am so pleased with you. You don't have to die. Come right on up to heaven. That's the backstory. Let's look at Hebrews 11 and 5. Hebrews 11 and 5 says, by faith. So what is that telling me? Enoch is hearing the word of God and obeying the word of God. That's what you need to know. That's what God is communicating when every time he say by faith. So by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Well, what do we know about pleasing God? Verse six says, but without faith, without hearing the word of God and putting actions to the word of God, you're hearing it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Enoch listened to God, did what he said. Listen to God, did what he said. Listen to God, did what he said for 300 straight years. What was everybody else on earth doing? Probably whatever the heck they wanted to do. Because when you get to chapter six, you'll see he gave them 120 years to get it together or I'm flooding this place. So Methuselah was like, I'm going to serve you, Lord. And he did it so good, he didn't have to die. Let's look at one more. Mm -hmm. Just to make this plain about how you exercise faith. Verse 7 says, by faith. What is that telling us? Noah was hearing the word of God and putting actions to the word of God. Let's see what this says. By faith, Noah being divinely warned, that's a word from God, of things not yet seen. Oh, what is faith? The evidence of things not seen. Hmm. See how that's all coming together? By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, meaning he respected God so much he obeyed him and prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. How do you receive salvation? Faith, putting corresponding actions to every word of God that you hear. Noah was not an architect. He never built a ship. He built one that during them years, it took him about a hundred years to build that ship, but he didn't say, God, I can't do it. I never did this before. You're going to have to find somebody else. He heard the word of God, did what he said, heard the word of God, did what he said, heard the word of God, did what he said. And because he did that, it saved his life and not only his life, but his entire household. Faith without works is dead. It's dead. And, and that's, Oh gosh, it's so simple, but we can make it so difficult. Just like Matt said earlier, like we like, there's no need to like complicate this stuff. It's not. It's, it, God made it our own way. Yeah, God made it as simple. You know, I try to think like a kindergartner sometimes, and most people probably think I do anyway. But but, <laughs> but it's like, you know, if you could just be in kindergarten, remember how you just trusted everything. You and I'm not saying we just blindly trust stuff. I'm saying, no, but when you're, you're saying. when you're when you're when you have child. Like that. Yeah, when you have childlike faith, like, I don't know, you just, like, life was so simple when you're a kid, just because you just believed your parents, you believed yep. this, and that, you know, but that's what God wants of us. He wants us to put, and how much better, obviously, is God than our parents or someone that you yep. trusted? I mean, he's never going to fail us. He's exactly. always going to be right, and he's always going to have our best interest, Look, you know, he's looking forward. Yep. And I think that's the hardest part for people is to, to just trust them enough to say, okay, wait a minute, wait. If God knows the end from the beginning and he sees this whole train on the tracks, then why am I not trusting him to see where that train's going to end up, where mm -hmm. that destination is? Like, it's so simple, but yet 
we make it so complicated and then we get bogged down in the little things of life and it gets us derailed that train gets derailed mm -hmm. and i'm i mean i'm talking to myself again here too i mean i this is yeah, th this this is a great oh gosh miko this is so good like you know i i thought tonight we were going to be talking about the demon stuff like we've done in the no, past we, you know, we move it out. <laughs> this was so good i mean like so needed for me personally um mm -hmm. because i i really feel like you touched on a couple things that i was like oh my gosh I haven't been doing that. I've lost that. And God's given me some dreams that are it's talking about exactly what you're you're saying. Like he was showing me my mindset, like my mindset, my mindset. And I kept thinking, what? I don't know what you're saying. But you made it crystal clear. Man, that's so good. So good. Matt, did, did you learn anything? Matt, did you learn anything tonight? I did. I did. I appreciated it. I really appreciate the the teaching. It was a very good word. I like how I like how plainly it was put out there. You you appealed to my senses. <laughs> God bless. In making it simple, um, yeah. and not overcomplicating things. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of our biggest challenges that we have is really learning how to get out of our own way. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, that's with faith. That's with action. That's with everything. It's learning to get out of your own way. Yeah. You know, just let just let God drive the car. Just let them drive the car. Yep. There's, there's going to be twists and turns and there's going to be, you know, peaks and valleys and stops and goes, but, you know, let him lead the way. Mm -hmm. That's where faith comes in. Yep. You know, sometimes we just got to close our eyes and let go. Mm -hmm. You know, and the, and the other thing is, you know, in my own experience, you have to, you have to, once you truly stepped through that door of faith and you've made that decision in your life, you gotta you gotta turn around and set fire to your familiar yeah i love it mm -hmm. you know you absolutely have to the other thing is he's the author and finisher of our faith like yeah. if you yeah. understand that that builds your faith even more because you realize oh yeah wait he wrote the book yep i don't have to worry about authoring anything except just yep. doing my part in the story yep. right yeah uh my cousin's in the chat she said i love how she breaks it down and helps you to understand yeah uh, awesome. yeah carol that's my cousin carol She's actually my neighbor too. Hey, she only lives a few streets over. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh gosh, so good, so good. Not Robert missed out. Robert missed out. I'm gonna have to send. He's gonna have to watch this. <laughs> I miss Robert, man. Pray for Robert, everybody, please. I know a lot. Everybody was asking where's, how's he been and stuff. But uh, he's been going through it too. I mean, like I, I, th I, I've said this to him a million times in private. I think when. In the past, when I've gone through really difficult times, um, that's always been my biggest growth and I've seen the biggest moves of God in my life. And I know we're on the brink, we're on the precipice of something very big coming. Um, and, and Robert's involved in this. I think anybody that I'm associated with is involved in this. Um, I've said often, I know, he, I know what he has shown me. I have no doubt what God has shown me, he's going to perform, just like Abraham said. Um, but I have been lately, I've been really struggling with some doubts because I'm like, well, I guess maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong, but he's never been, he's never disappointed me before. So I needed this refresher. I needed this like, okay, yeah, no, no, no. You stand on what he told you. You know, he doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I'm, I know some great days are ahead for us as a nation. I, I think too, I think for the, the gospel going forth into all four, four corners of the earth, this is not work. This, this, please. I'm not trying to offend anybody. This is not rapture time. That time will come. It's just not now. No. 
This is the time of restoration. This is time of great harvest. This is the time of making things right. Justice, God's hand of justice coming for a lot of people that need to be served justice, including our government. So just be ready for what's ahead. It's a little bit bumpy. I've said, I told a lot of people, this, including my cousin, I've told this before, there was going to be a bumpy time. This is the bumpy time. And it might even, it, you know, God, God forbid it gets a little worse, but he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Stand on him and, and you know that he's got your back. So yeah. we, we don't live in fear. We live in faith. Exactly. Yeah, that's one thing we should have probably touched on earlier. Fear and faith are the antithesis, antithesis of each other, right? I mean, they're just, yeah, they're diabolically opposed to each other. They cannot exist together. Yep, they cannot. Yeah. Nope. And well, I kind of touched on it just a little bit when I said, you know, um, it's going to contaminate. It's not going to work. But you're right. Um, that could be a whole nother lesson. Uh, faith versus beer. Uh, faith versus fear. So, yeah. Faith versus beer would be would be this right here. Let me show you. There's my beer can right there. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, faith versus beer. I, I that's another story. I was gonna say. Oh gosh, I, I, I like drinking beer every now and then. I just don't get drunk, and and but I would never like bring a beer to a Bible study or six pack. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Like there's there's just wisdom in some things, and we've I've had this argument. You bring it to church? No, I wouldn't bring it to church. Uh, I wouldn't bring it to someone that's a recovering alcoholic's house. Like it's there's just wisdom in some things. As you grow in yeah. your faith, you understand you got some. You, God gives us liberties. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's like if I wanted to, I could eat Twinkies every day for the rest of my life. I'm probably gonna die young. <laughs> I might start looking like a Twinkie. I don't know, but it's like... might get a little heavy, yeah. Might get a little... Well, yeah, I'm working on that part. definitely have some cavities. (laughs) I would definitely probably have cavities, yes. Although (laughs) although I do brush twice a day, Matt, so... (laughs) I might be able to avoid that. Uh, Father Larry said, uh, there are no flat flat places on the earth. Are you a closet flat earther? (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Father Larry's funny. No, I'm not a closet flat earther. I do believe it's round. I believe we're on a sphere. So <laughs> I believe the Bible backs that up too. As much as people on YouTube would love to say uh, it's a flat earth, I would tend to disagree. Sure. <laughs> and my cousin thinks it's square. Okay, well, you can believe whatever you want, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Miko, another great show. I wish we didn't have to wait six weeks every time for Miko. That's my only disappointing part. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a busy woman. She's got lots going on. We're going to be praying for that that uh, neighbor of yours, too. Please do. I, you know what? I can't wait for you to come on the show and give us a testimony about how the neighbor, you led him to Christ. A lot. Wouldn't that be cool? That would or that be. they moved. I think she's really intent on serving <laughs> Satan, so I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, but, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's too I bad. had a situation with a neighbor that can be a really rotten situation to be in. Yeah, yeah. I had a really, I had just, he was a, a really bad person. Why does it seem like we all have that one neighbor? Mine happens to be my cousin. She lives a couple of streets. No, I'm just kidding. I, I kid, Carol. I kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I love Carol. She's the best. No, Carol, it's just good stuff. Well, guys, um, uh, chat, everybody here, Merry Christmas. Man, we're only, what, uh, what is today? Thursday, Wednesday, right? Man, we're only like the a couple 21st? days away. 21st? Another year gone by. Unbelievable. 
So yeah, ha Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, celebrate, love, uh, love your um, relatives. Try to stay out of political arguments um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and enjoy each other's company. I know I will be. We have a great family. Uh, I can't wait to see everybody. Um, you guys got any plans for the holidays? Spending time with the family, cooking, just chilling, relaxing. Yep, yep. Yeah, Lots of good food. It. Lots yeah. of good food. Yeah, I'm looking that's yep. the best part. Overeating. Yep, and then I'll start my diet on New Year's New Year's Day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How many times have you made that promise? <laughs> Resolutions. Yeah, I love. I used to love when I did work out back in the day. I'd be at the gym, and I, you know, I, back in the day, believe it or not, I was in there six days a week. And it would be funny, like, I'd always laugh. Me and the guy I worked out with, we were like, okay, here's New Year's Day. Let's see how many people are showing up. And the place is just packed, right? For, like, two weeks, it's packed. And then it just dies off again. So, yeah. it's yeah. So, it's funny. Yeah, because people realize it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It actually, just like just like your faith, it takes dedication. Yep. <laughs> yep. Got to build them faith muscles, too. Yep. Ain't that the truth. All right, guys, I'm live tomorrow night, special Christmas edition with my boy Gino Revan over there on his channel and mine. We do simultaneous streaming. We've been doing this for about a year now. Uh, we're going to have a special Christmas edition. We're going to be playing a lot of Christmas clips and stuff like that. It's just going to be fun. We're going to have a good time laughing and joking around. Um, we had a great show this past Saturday. We had a lot of fun with everybody. Um, so I'll see you tomorrow night. Hopefully I do. I think I'm going to have a Bible study Friday morning with Jason. Um, he was busy this whole week, so we had to skip out on Tuesday. So I think we're going to commit to this Friday morning, 930, if you guys want to join us for that. And then, uh, yeah, then off for the weekend for the holiday. And then next week I'll be back on, uh, two, we're definitely going to do a show Tuesday with Megan Walsh and then back for this show wednesday so hopefully you guys join me then otherwise uh have a great holiday love you all be blessed miko always a pleasure thank you so much for coming yes, on for thank you very oh, much oh geez i'm sorry i didn't even go to miko's website hang on a second let me pull it up here i got it right here go to gather ministries inc and uh check out she's there's a lot of great resources here you can reach yeah. out to her they'll get back to you if you need some needs to uh, talk to anybody need counseling anything like that they do a great job uh so check that out. Miko, any other uh, social media sites you want people to check you out at? Uh, just check out the YouTube, which is if you just type in Gather Ministries, that's our YouTube channel. And there's a lot of like, uh, there's Gather Talks, which is like mini Bible lessons that are 30 to 50 minutes. We have vlogs to show as Christians how we live. We have uh, videos of testimony baptisms or baptisms in water in Jesus name, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, people being healed, people being delivered from demons. All sorts of stuff that you see in the book of Acts, you'll find it on our YouTube channel. Excellent, excellent. Awesome. Matt, Matt, any last words, brother? No, no, I'm good, man. All right. I'm I, good. I am going to release the uh, scratching for you all out there. Go get yourself some gold pills. Okay, it is. Hang on. Man, my internet, something's going on with my phone. It's taking forever to load. It never does this. All right, guys, uh, scratching is released. Go ahead and get yourself gold pills. Love you all. Take care, and we will see you next time. Oops, wrong one. <laughs> That's the one I wanted. <laughs> We're starting over. <laughs> Start all over. <laughs> You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.